0: The Sports Cage podcast is brought to you by Saskatchewan Seniors Mechanism. Our province's older people deserve to live independently and affordably in their own communities and homes. Learn more and join the movement at skseniorsmechanism.ca. I love the smell
1: of byte come in the morning. This is where the fun begins.
0: 620 CKRM is proud to be your official voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports show anywhere. It's a new era for sports talk in Saskatchewan. Welcome to the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball.
1: And a good Tuesday to you. How are you doing? Beautiful day out there. It's supposed to be a decent week too. Can't wait. Riders will wrap up the week Saturday against the Montreal Alouettes. Imagine this. They get a full week of practice before playing the L's. We'll get into that discussion. We have a lot of rider audio. We'll hear from a Plaza of Honor inductee. And Andy Fantu is now with the uh, Tiger Cats Audio Network. He will tee up the uh, Tiger Cats Edmonton game, a battle of 0-3 teams. I never thought Hamilton would be 0-3 early this year. We'll hear from maybe a replacement for... um, shaq evans as a tevin jones will join us a little later on and we're also going to uh hear from glenn Suter, danny austin of the calgary sun rash madani and aaron anderson who runs the athletics in high school here or the regina high school athletics association and we'll put a wrap on the season as we're into grad season grad season wrapping up too uh, for a lot of uh, grade 8s and grade 12s. My daughter's was yesterday. It was great. Congratulations to all the graduates at Riffle and everyone around the city. I know there's a couple more going on today. This show is brought to you by Saskatchewan Lotteries, the main fundraiser for over 12,000 sport, culture, and recreation groups. You can always weigh in, and we do hope you'll weigh in at 936 It's our text line. Also, you can call that number locally, 936-6262, or you can call toll-free 1-866-767-0620. We encourage your calls. We'll work them into the show, no doubt about it. The text line is powered by Capital GMC Buick Cadillac, Saskatchewan's number one dealership. And uh, all our guests come to you via the Western Pizza hotline. Dinner time, game time, anytime. A great time to order Western Pizza. And uh, yeah, we encourage you to do that if you don't feel like cooking tonight let's get to some sports stories before we hear from our first rider audio of the day as they're uh, back at practice getting ready for the alouettes um let's start with the cfl why don't we uh canadian quarterback nathan rourke and his uh victory the bc Lions over toronto the most watched game in the cfl usually it's the rough riders now there's little little check mark beside this i'll get into it now toronto and bc averaged Uh, 464,500 viewers the last game of the week edging out the Riders Montreal which kicked off the week Thursday uh, 442,600 but we will tell you that that doesn't Factor in the RDS numbers, so if you factor that in, I'm pretty sure the Rider game once again was the most watched game. But good on the BC, and hopefully they can continue the upward trend there. Edmonton and Calgary averaged 399,600, and the Hamilton Winnipeg game 393,500. What everybody in Manitoba is bored now because they win. Now they don't go to the games. 23,000 there. Now they don't watch the games. They're bored. Come on kind of fan we're the loudest fans yeah but you don't pay attention um montreal center sean jameson if you remember it was kind of uh eerie irony at at the end of the rider game in edmonton in junk time dan clark goes down and is lost for a good chunk if not all the season with that broken fibula and a shifted ankle well the montreal center sean jameson uh He's from Winnipeg. He goes down for six to eight weeks with an MCL injury as he was pushed backwards on the play late in a blowout win over your Rough Riders. So he is out. He was replaced by Western product David Brown. Uh, who also took over for Jamison at center when he missed games due to injury in 2021. So that's not that huge of a deal. Wasn't like Bandy starting his first game. Brown's done it before, and I'm sure that's how they're going to do it coming into the game on Saturday against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, we were talking ratings in the CFL. Not everything except for the uh, NFL is uh, roses when it comes to uh, ratings, okay? The entire six-game Stanley Cup final between the Avalanche... And the back-to-back defending Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning, averaged 4.59 million viewers on ABC, which was better than 2020 and 2021. But before that is the least-watched Stanley Cup final since the Penguin Sharks averaged just under 4 million back in 2016 on NBC, I believe it was. So, um, yeah, people just, uh, you got to you, you find a way to get them into the stadium. You got to find a way to get their eyes on the TV as well, and that's probably not a sexy matchup in the States, Colorado and Tampa. People might be bored of Tampa, and Colorado's kind of a niche market when it comes to hockey. Certainly not Detroit, Chicago, or the Rangers. Can you imagine their ratings if the Oilers would have been in it? Although I guess maybe uh, Connor McDavid makes up for that. And isn't that a crazy stat from the Stanley Cup Finals? So in the playoffs, Connor and Leon didn't play for three weeks, and they still ended up leading the scoring in the uh, playoffs. So if the Oilers can get some stuff around them, maybe they can make a run like Colorado tonight. The Jays are at home to Boston. They're a half game back of the Red Sox for second in the AL East. They banged out a seven, two win yesterday over the Bosox with homers from uh, Vladdy Guerrero jr. Along with George Springer and Matt Chapman, uh, Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Baker Mayfield. Where is, where's is he going to end up? Well, far as he's concerned, he's done with the, um, Cleveland Browns, quote, I think it's pretty obvious the mutual decision on both sides is to move on. I'm thankful for my four years in Cleveland. There's a lot of ups and downs and a ton of learning experiences that I'll forever keep with me and my teammates and friendships and relationships that I'll have for a lifetime. The support staff of Cleveland, the people of the city, it's a great sports town. So I'm thankful for it. There's no resentment Um, And it's out of my control right now. Basically, he's on a PR campaign so that the next team that takes him won't have any doubts that he won't rankle any feathers in the dressing room. Seattle, Carolina, people are thinking. And now it looks like Seattle might be the front runner. Deshaun Watson is, uh, of course, uh, on the verge of maybe being suspended for, well, indefinitely, but a minimum of one year. (laughs) A new story about Watson without a happy ending. Imagine that. And uh, the Washington Commanders and wide receiver Terry McLaurin have agreed to a three year $71 million contract extension. The deal includes a $28 million signing bonus, according to a source. That is Colin Lovequist kind of money. And uh, this is ridiculous. American Ninja Warrior could be headed to the Olympics. It sounds ridiculous, but it's true. The Japanese company that invented the Ninja Warrior franchise announced yesterday that the obstacle course could become a part of the modern pentathlon at the 2028 Summer Games in L.A. The pentathlons made up of five events. Currently, those events are the very complementary and not all random disciplines of fencing, swimming, equestrian show jumping, laser pistol shooting, and running. But after the 2024 games in Paris, they're going to start testing a ninja course as a possible replacement for the equestrian portion. (laughs) So, like, what's next? Do we do uh, Lego Masters? Do we have, like, a Lego building? Uh, How about Wipeout? Let's do a complete Wipeout one. Uh, Come on, man. Give me a break. Uh, Olympics, high-performance athletes. Not some I'm not saying you're not athletic to be a ninja warrior or even wipeout, but come on. It's a game show. That's not a, an Olympic sport. Give me a break. Anyway, if you can think of any others that you'd love to see in the Olympics, you can text us 936-6262. Right here, Coach Dickinson joins us every Monday on the sports cage. As he did yesterday, you could check it out if you missed it in podcast form. He takes your calls and texts. And our podcast, by the way, brought to you by Saskatchewan Seniors Mechanism. And yesterday, the coach said that was the worst special teams game he's ever been a part of as a coach. And he's been in the game a long time at the collegiate level, the CFL level. level. He coached with the Raiders and the Chargers in the NFL. So I caught up with a special teams demon and fullback, James Tuck. Here with Riders fullback and special teamer, James Tuck. Coach said it was the worst special team... Game he's ever been a part of as a as a coach just your thoughts on on that what, what was the reasoning behind kind of a tough day on special teams
2: well you know uh, we had a game plan in place and we just didn't execute it you know coaches put us in a good opportunity you know to uh, to get out there and succeed and we let them down so it's gonna be a big bounce back game for us it's gonna show a lot of character and uh, you know that's our goal for going into this week does
1: it come down to really being you know a lack of effort in some of those plays
2: like look at the first the kickoff return he comes right up the same sideline he cut the ball it's on just, you know it's you know it's a combination of a lot of things a lot of guys out there hustling but you know if you know you take a playoff that sometimes uh, they'll, they'll gash you with one and they, and they certainly did that so you know we're putting in the work this week both in the practice field and in the film room and you know we're going to be well rested this week so there's no excuse you know it's really it comes down to us going out there and showing that last week was uh, you know not a thing that's going to happen again. No, on offense you're kind of an extension
1: of the offensive line uh, as a fullback eight sacks given up what what was that all about?
2: Uh, we just got to work harder we just you know we, we got to see what kind of pressures and different fronts they are throwing at us and they, they got a lot of different exotic stuff they do right so it's just a matter of being in the film room understanding what they're trying to do to us, you know, where they're trying to attack us and, 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 and just being better. So th- having a full week and, and obviously just playing them last week again, that's gonna you know, help us address this, these issues, but we'll be better.
1: What do you what do you think about playing here in Saskatchewan? Oh I love it. I love it. Saskatchewan's awesome. Coach said this to me. He said James Tuck, Albert Owachi, if you want to see two fine football players in action and really appreciate the game, watch those two guys. How does that make you feel when Coach Dickinson says that?
2: Um it, it feels good, you know, uh, we, we play a, a, a loveless position at times, yeah. you know, so it's nice to, you know, get a little recognition. But Albert, uh, particularly Albert, myself, you know, we, we, we love doing the dirty work and we take pride in that. So, you know, if there's a, a block that needs to be done, uh, you know, all that stuff, we're, we're, we're happy to do it and we, we, we love to do it. So. Back to Montreal.
1: Is it nice to get back at these guys so quickly after laying an egg? Yeah,
2: absolutely. Uh, I don't think any of us would have wanted to play these guys down the road and have to re-watch that film. Best thing to do is watch it right after it happened, address it, and go out there and fix it, and then we can move on with the season.
1: You know, in media we say, oh, this that's one you burn.
2: Did you guys sit in your own crap, so to speak, and watch that thing through? Oh, you have to. You have to. I mean, you have to be critical of yourself, right? You have to watch there and be mature about it and say, hey, I messed up, or I didn't give enough effort, or I, you know, <laughs> did this. You have to be accountable for your teammates and, and for this team and this organization. So I think we have identified where we were weak and where we could be better, and that's the, that's the goal this week, day one to three. Again, two things. What did you like about your game, your personal game? I, I'm going to be physical every 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 chance I get. So that, that I'm, I'm proud that I was you know able to go out there and do that. You know, so my goal is just to be mistake free, no mental no you know no mental mistakes, and just bring that same physicalness.
1: Now, what do you want to clean up yourself, number forty nine?
2: Uh, just my reads uh, mentally. You know, not trying to do too much. Do my job. I'm one of twelve on the field. If I do my job, my teammates are going to do their job, and we're going to be we're going to be successful. Appreciate it. Best of luck. Hey, I really appreciate it. Thank you. That's James Tuck, fullback. We're at number
1: 49 for your Saskatchewan Rough Riders coach. Loves the physicality he brings to the field. And if you believe what he's saying, he and the rest of his teammates are going to be much more physical and on point on Saturday when the Montreal Alouettes come to town in the second half of the back to back. When we come back, we're hoping to catch up with Andy Fantus from the Tiger Cats Audio Network. This is the sports cage for Saskatchewan Lotteries on 620 CKRM. <laughs>
0: saskatchewan's best coverage of the saskatchewan rough riders is on the sports cage right here on the mighty 620 ckrm
1: and however you're listening wherever you're listening thanks for making us part of your day can always texas 936-6262 capital gmc buick cadillac number one gm dealership in the province powering that text line they are located at the corner of Rochdale. And Pascoe, what do you think of your football team going into the game against the Montreal Alouettes? Are you, are you worried? Are you concerned? Or do you just kind of throw that one away and chalk it up to a short week? Uh, you'll uh, hear Cody's comments just after 5 o'clock. Kind of interesting, actually. It'll take you inside what it's like to go on a short week, especially for a quarterback. Now, you'll say, ah, oh, don't make excuses. Everybody goes through it. Listen, we touched on this yesterday. The Riders got host. Like, BC is playing Ottawa to start this week, and that's great. But they played at home, and then they travel. Riders play two road games back-to-back uh, and went from Edmonton, a very physical game, flew across country with one practice to play the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, they're banged up. They didn't get much practice, and, and there you go. The Alouettes, conversely, will... Play their game at home and then have to hitchhike to Ottawa. That's how that's as far as they have to travel for their back to back. So give me a break. All all short weeks are not equal. And let us head out on the Western Pizza Hotline and talk to our friend Andy Fantuz Rider Plaza of Honor Inductee last year. We've had him on before. He's with the Hamilton Tiger Cats Audio Network. How are you today, Tuz?
3: Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah,
1: thanks for being on, buddy. Um just talk about, because you've been there before, everybody goes through it, but, I mean, what do you think of these short weeks, in particular Thursday night football, when we're not competing against anything right now early in the summer? Like, I don't understand this.
3: I I agree with you. I don't understand it either. There's no there's no sport that takes a toll on your body like football. And, you, you know, you see the, the number, the statistics surrounding injuries and short weeks, and it's outrageous that they... You know they continue to do this, especially like you said, when there's nothing competing. So, uh, you know, I don't get paid to make those decisions, but I don't understand it. Yeah.
1: So, generally, walk me through this. Let's just go with games on a Saturday, okay? Because that's generally when our last games of the week are played, okay? So, Andy, you play on a Saturday. When are you feeling like you're 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 good enough to practice at a hundred percent the next week? Like, how far into that week are you? Like, okay, I can go now.
3: Well, usually it'd be three days later, so you would have one day off one day would be sort of your rundown and you like the day after the game probably be your rundown and film day Mm -hmm. then one day off the second day after the game and then that third day would normally be uh, like what they call day one and you'd have day one day two day three day before the game another game so in this case if you're going saturday thursday you know sunday you might not even have that rundown and film meeting. Who knows? Like, you might just have a day off because that's, that's mandatory in the collective bargaining agreement This one day off. So you have Sunday off and then Monday, Tuesday practice and Wednesday, day before the game. But I think most coaches would probably still go Sunday, you know, play Saturday, Sunday's rundown and film, Monday off, and then just one practice before the next game. Yeah. Tuesday practice, Wednesday walk through. Thursday game.
1: Because here's the argument I always hear. Well, it's great, you know, it's, it's another Thursday, it's, it's another night of primetime football, it's great, you know, get more eyes on the game. Yeah, but when the guys tune, when people tune into the game and one team can't compete to its normal level, is that really good for the product? Never mind the player safety, but for the product, that doesn't make any sense to me.
3: No, it doesn't. And you, you know, you look at the, uh, I mean, I never like talking about the NFL too much, but you look at that and, it's not the Thursday night game that's a primetime matchup that's usually the bottom one of the bottoms of the barrel and they just throw those in there for extra extra mm-hmm. money it's always the Sunday nighter uh, is the is the primetime one so um, and the quality of the game and the amount of turnovers and injuries is is always high so uh, yeah I just I just don't
1: understand it. Yeah. With you. So would you, ch- w- from the outside, I mean, the Riders have penalty issues. They have to correct those. That goes back to last year. So I'm not chalking that up to a, I'm not absolving absolving them of everything that went wrong in that. But when you watch that game, do you kind of chalk a lot of that up to, hey, I want to see these teams play again Saturday in Regina to see what the true story is between these teams?
3: Yeah. I mean, I think it, you any two teams in this league, really, the amount of parity that goes on, it could be a t- completely different game from one game to the next if they're playing each other. But uh, in this specific situation, I think, yeah, I think Saskatchewan is going to clean up some easy issues, um, and and I'm sure there's some more that aren't so glaringly obvious to the average viewer that they need to clean up. But they'll do a good job of that because um, they have, you know, they have a lot of vets, they have great coaching. And coming back home and playing, you know, in that hostile environment, uh, you'd expect a big turnaround is last week.
1: Andy Fant, he's one of the great Canadians to ever play in this game. Uh, Calgary, I got Calgary 1 at the top of my power poll. I put Winnipeg 2, BC 3, Sask 4, Montreal 5, Ottawa 6, your team Hamilton 7. Now, not all seven rankings is are equal. Like where I'm going with this is Hamilton has had a tough start to the year and easily could have won all three games. Even the game against the Riders, you were in it till the fourth quarter, two touchdowns in 20 seconds turned the tide. Your thoughts on the Hamilton Tiger Cats right now at 0 and three?
3: Yeah, they can't expect to have a higher ranking than seven at, at 0 and three um, in the power, you know, quote unquote power rankings. But uh, like you said, the, the, a lot of Progress from one game to the next in areas that were uh, lacking. So in, in the Saskatchewan game, uh, the difference between their in their offense to the next game in Calgary was just light, night and day. And then they they had a fall of, like they blew a lead and fell apart. Um, so they tried to clean that up and just sort of play a more controlled style against Winnipeg. And similar kind of thing. They, you know, Winnipeg just had a few good plays, and then uh, and then that one interception for a touchdown so a few different bounces it could be a completely different record um, but Hamilton in the past oh I don't know eight years maybe even longer 10 years have been um, notoriously slow starters out of the gate and um, and had turnover issues out of the gate and able to sort of turn that around as the season went on and really tighten things up down the stretch
4: mm-hmm.
3: um somewhere to Saskatchewan actually so uh I I don't I'm not concerned and no reason to panic at this point, Um, but they do have the Elks coming in this week who are also 0-3. And, uh, you know, if you lose this one at home, um, there's certainly going to be some negativity floating around the community, around the press, and uh, hopefully it doesn't leak into internal, uh, inside the locker room. But, um, you know, you're not going to say must win, but this is a big one.
1: Well, I I wouldn't say must win because we're so early in the year, but it's definitely (sighs) – you have to win. If you're Hamilton, you have to win this game. Edmonton, you cannot lose to Edmonton. And another team, Ottawa, can't lose to BC traveling across country. Ottawa, yeah. Wow, hey, looks looks good. They played good against Winnipeg, the, the uh, two-time defending champs. I don't care. you got to start putting the ball in the end zone. Masoli's throwing it all over the yard, but you got to get it in the end zone. Ottawa and Hamilton have to win this week.
3: Yeah, both teams need to get it in the end zone. That was the biggest issue uh, in the two – in the – in the first and third game for Hamilton as well. Just too many field goal attempts. Uh, I've got to finish the job. Um, And Ottawa has got a tough test. I mean, that BC team looks real good right now, Uh, but it's, it's early.
1: Yeah. So we'll get to the BC lines in a second. Let's finish off with Hamilton first. You had said to me going into week one with the rough riders that a couple of your concerns, O-line, you know, with the injuries and, and everything like that. And your, your ends, where, where would the pass rush come from? Is that two areas that have uh, hold uh, held true with what you said?
3: It, it is. It is. Uh, in, in week one, I mean, you, there was zero sacks for and eight sacks against. Like, so you look at pass rush uh, problems, and then you look at the offensive line. Um, there's also been a few injuries since week one on the offensive line. Uh, the team just traded Edmonton for a new player. Uh, this week um so maybe that'll help a bit but you having three guys three offensive linemen on the six game injury list is not uh is not where you want to be this early in the season uh, especially guys who are, are all potential starters mm-hmm. so offensive line figuring out who's who's how the pass rush is going to happen are two of the biggest issues in my opinion.
1: Andy Fantu is joining us here in the uh, lineman you referred to as veteran offensive American lineman. That would be Colin Kelly. So he comes in to hopefully bolster uh, this team playing the Edmonton elks, as you alluded to andy fantus it 's kind of according to script with chris jones don 't you agree like you, you come in here, you blow things up, you bring your own guys in you you rollodex the players i I think Mac Henry and Ed Ganey are the only two guys that have been uh, made the starting roster on defense uh, to this point that 's kind of what chris Jones does. He rolodexes players in old players that he knows, coaches that he knows uh by the end he plays uh, tough at the start. Uh, maybe no results early on at the start, and at the end of the year you don't want to play his team. And then the next year they take a big step forward, and the third year they're usually competing. It's kind of according to script, isn't it?
3: <laughs> yeah, kind of a strange recipe. Uh, but uh, one guy that that loves big, long, fast uh, athletes and thinks that that you know has the philosophy of we'll we'll uh, we'll mold them properly. We'll put them in positions to win and uh but they just he just wants to have the biggest fiercest fastest team on the uh on the on the field and um yeah we'll see how long it takes him to turn to turn it around there in Edmonton.
1: all right do you think trevor harris has staked his claim as the starting quarterback in montreal well i don't think
3: you can count on vernon adams yet uh but even at the start of the year i was uh you know i, I expected there to be a, a little bit of a of a battle coming into camp and uh and then I guess I was, I was wrong that it was certainly Vernon's job, uh, but Travis is a guy that's been, you know, he's had so much experience in this league. He's a champion. Um, he can get the job done. So uh, kind of a good problem to have, I guess, if you liken it to Hamilton last year with Mazzoli and Dane Evans, um, you, you have two guys who can get the job done or, or have proven to get the job done in the past. And uh, so it's a good problem to have, and, and as long as they can work together, and um, there's not any, you know, any internal dysfunction there. But I, I think, I think they're going to roll with Trevor, let let Vernon get get uh, get himself under him, and and then, uh, but I'm sure you'll see him again this year.
1: Were you surprised that Toronto got smoked as bad as they did by BC?
3: Yes, I certainly was. I, I think Toronto is going to be a, a dangerous team this year. Uh, I like a lot of their pieces, and for them to go in there and, and have that result, I, I was shocked. Um, it's always tough to, yeah, you know, go across go across the country like that and play in BC, um, but. That's not that's not an excuse. Uh, it, it was it was an impressive win.
1: Is it always is it good to get it? Because we've heard the riders talk about this. It's good to get an early season wake up call. Riders got it in Montreal. Factors there. Toronto got absolutely smoked by the BC uh, Lions uh, after that initial goal line stand by BC was downhill after that. I remember if I remember this correctly, I'm uh, in the 2007 Grey Cup year that Andy Fantuz played a big part in. You played in Edmonton, and you guys lost. And if I'm not mistaken, Andy Fantuz sat a little bit on the bench that game. And it was an early-season wake-up call maybe for Andy Fantuz, but especially for the Rough Riders. Is it good to kind of get an early-season kind of, you know, wake-up call?
3: I, I think it is. I think it is. I mean, you learn a lot from a loss. And, you know, Henry Burris said it best last week at the Hall of Fame. He said, L is for lesson. Uh and you get that early. I mean, six teams out of nine are going to make the playoffs. So um, you got to get in to have a chance, and you certainly want to be playing your best football and have and have healthy bodies. Now, of course, you have way higher chance to win if you get a bye and, and have a home field game.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: but you just got to get in. So uh, hang with the pack, take your lumps, learn learn what you got to do, and, and, and mold your team for September, October, and into November run.
1: One of the best Canadians to play in the last 20-some years is Andy Fantuz. He's joining us for a couple more seconds. So talk about Nathan Rourke. He's all the talk, or at least he should be all the talk. He has been here. I've been on his train for a long time. Just talk about what you see. Are you buying what Nathan Rourke's feeding you right now?
3: <laughs> I got nothing bad to say about him right now. I, uh, I'm i not ready to you know put him as a Hall of Famer right yet, but um, I love. I'm excited to watch his next game and probably every game of his this season and see see if he can keep doing what he's doing uh he you know even his legs he's he's got a lot of a lot of positive attributes and a very versatile uh player with with the cannon so um Mm -hmm. i don't see any reason not to not to get behind him
1: conversely should tiger cat fans be worried that they picked the wrong quarterback um you know
3: what i i think i think it was I see you both player both both Dane Evans and Mazzoli um, have a f- still have a future in this league. Both can get the job done. Uh, but it was time to kind of roll with one and and when you had the guy like Dane sort of take over from Mazzoli in 2019 and lead him all the way to the Great Cup and then uh, and then split time last year, but come in in the second half of that Toronto Eastern Final and go 16 for 16 and win the game in a huge comeback for him. Um you know, crazy that he got hurt and couldn't barely turn his head in in the Grey Cup and then Mazzoli had to play. Um, so strange turn of events there, but I uh, no is the answer. I think the long story short is it, it was Dane's time in Hamilton and uh and and uh I don't think that fans organization or or locker room uh are regretting that decision at this point.
1: Okay, last one for you, Andy fan twos. Uh what's it like being a Canadian? playing on Canada day because Edmonton is in Hamilton on our country's birthday
3: uh, there's something about it, it, it it's it, you get oftentimes you'll have the RCMP the bagpipes you'll have like a little uh, something extra for for a pre-game show um, of course there's hype around it through through the media all, all week long and it always seems to be a beautiful day I mean I'll never forget one mm-hmm. of my favorite CFL memories was 2010 mm-hmm. season opener in Regina on Canada day against Montreal Alouettes. And the score was like 54 to 51 double overtime. I think maybe the highest scoring game. Uh, and we're, we're listening to the anthem and there's uh, there's fireworks going off. There's a jet flying by. And then there's, what I mean, the fireworks are after the anthem, but the during the anthem there was a, f- a flock of like fly uh canadian geese flying of these <laughs> diagonally across the field and i just had the chills like beyond belief and it was just a beautiful day and, and and just an uh an incredible game from both performances from both sides perhaps the best catch of all time by sj green in that game and uh but we came out with the win and um yeah, I'll never forget that. That's one of my favorite memories oh. of my experience.
1: I almost broke my T V because the year before, we know it was the you know, the November before it was the thirteenth man. And you guys got flagged for a thirteenth man penalty in that game.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, you're right. Oh, see, I don't remember
3: everything <laughs> right off the bat,
1: but I do remember now.
3: That was You're right, we did. And it's like, oh my goodness, not again. There go.
1: That was uh that was a great game, absolutely one for the ages. And so are you, Andy Fantus. Thanks for your time. Have a good uh, broadcast on uh Friday. Good luck to the Tiger Cats.
3: Yeah, thank you. You as well and uh appreciate you having me on.
1: Thanks. Andy Fantus joining us, Ryder Plaza of Honor, Hall of Famer right there. We'll be back with more of the sports cage in a moment on six twenty CKRM.
0: The Sports Cage is your locker room pass. We're talking Riders on Saskatchewan Sports
1: Radio, 620 CKRM. Love it, DJ Abby White. Rolling some confident. Demi Lovato, actually, I don't mind that song. It's one of the few I kind of a guilty pleasure song for me yes indeed Sean Kleisinger not here so our program director Abby White on the other side he's looking at the text line there if you got any text for us 936 6262 we'll roll some of those later but it's time now to get to our sports cage clutch performance.
5: Stales at the line Stales Fireside stays with it goes for his skate.
6: Nathan Steos. Stales
3: I go for another lap. Offs
4: the turn back. Stales, the shot scores. Yarvisac yeah, and Hamilton are through to the Memorial Cup final.
1: Yeah, the check, Misak tips one home. Uh, Nathan Stales, the son of former NHLer Steve Stales, is the you know goes for a couple of laps as the play-by-play announcer on TSN described it, and then the point shot tipped in by. Jan Misak, the Czech, and Hamilton's off to the Memorial Cup final tomorrow. Our sports cage clutch performance brought to you by Nick service in Emerald Park. Your local Massey Ferguson challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fent dealer call 781 1077. All right, so Shaq Evans is out. He was on the show yesterday. It's not all bad news. He will be back, hopefully, by Labor Day. If you missed his comments, you can catch them on our um, podcast. Sports Cage podcast brought to you by Saskatchewan Seniors Mechanism. He was on yesterday and I uh, don't think he'll be doing any interviews uh, in the near future. So there you go. You can get your fill of Shaq Evans on your voice of Rough Riders football here, 620 CKRM. But we now got to find his replacement. Today in practice, they had Dooley Aristide Jr., number 82, running half the reps and Tevin Jones, who has bounced around the NFL, last with the Jacksonville Jags. Also running reps and we caught up with Tevin Jones after practice,
7: but uh, I'm gonna do everything I can to uh, uh, make the team, make the team better and um, go out there and get my, give my full effort.
8: Well, what's it like as a player to come in the fact that you might get your first start, but it's because another guy got injured.
7: Um, I, I go by the next minute mentality. So I just got to stay ready when and then when, when my number is called to go out there and play.
8: What
7: do you think you bring to this team? Um, speed, you know, and um, just, just uh, knowledge of the game. So uh, I've been playing for a long time and anything I do to make the team better, I will.
8: I saw you uh, talking to Duke out here during stretch and stuff. What's this kind of advice been to you as, as you prepare for this week?
7: Just uh, be mentally and uh, prepared for the game because I know it's a lot, a lot of new players going in. It's a new game as far as Canadian football, but um, he's gonna help me out, he said. And uh, if I got any questions, come to him or shape and figure things out.
8: You, you played well in, in the first preseason game there. How important is it to get have a game like that early, in the, even though it's the preseason for when this opportunity eventually comes? And the fact that you you had a good one.
7: Yeah. So uh, the preseason helps a lot because it, it gives me uh, a routine. You know, so if I never did that, if I never did that before, then um, I wouldn't know how it feels. Because this game was a lot faster than you know uh, down south. So uh, I'm just I'm just glad I had the opportunity to go out there and play.
8: What's it been like trying to learn kind of the nuances that make the Canadian game
7: unique? I definitely had to put extra time in uh, on the field and off the field to figure things out. Even on my days off, I try to get on the field and try to waggle a little bit, you know, get the, get the full feel of the game.
9: Yeah, what's the waggle like for you? Getting
7: that done? Uh, it's it's definitely different, but um, I see myself as the as an athlete, so. I try to adjust and figure it out.
1: You talked about speed. How much does your speed uh, help you in a game like this where you can get a running start that already puts the D back at a disadvantage?
7: Right. So for me, I figure uh as far as speed, I try to use my uh my uh like I am pretty big as well. I'm a big receiver. So I I try to put two two together. So if it's a smaller receiver, I'll use my body, you know? If it's a bigger a bigger person over there, then I'll use my uh, my speed. So it helps cuz I can do both.
8: I believe uh, you, you signed here originally live got released go try out for the NFL again. You're with Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. What's this process been like to eventually reach this point for you?
7: Um, It's been pretty good. And uh, last year, I, um, unfortunately, my passport didn't come in on time and uh, I, I had to, I, I didn't get a chance to come play. So, um, but uh, guys, one, things fell into place and I got a call from Jacksonville to go up there and play. So I did. But after that, I came here and um, things fell in the right place. So I'm, I'm just glad to be here and make the team better.
1: Always like, always like to ask a guy, what, what's of the
7: league lineup like against the NFL? Um, Well, football is football, so when you got your your good players, we're going to play, you know, so uh, it it doesn't matter at a point to who's bad or who's good, because at the end of the day, you you just got to go out there and play. When the ball's in the air, you make a play.
1: That's Tevin Jones of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, who wears number 14 and he is in the running to be the starting receiver in replace of Shaq Evans, Dooley Aristil Jr. Also running coach did say though, uh, they'll decide after day number two if they're going to go with an American or add an extra Canadian to the roster. The one thing with the Rough Riders right now is they lack somebody that could take the top off the defense. And uh, Kyron Moore still a ways away. He'll probably be back right around Labor Day. We're expecting Shaq then, but they've got to find a way to get to that point. Hey, I love Mitch Picton. Great receiver, just a pro's pro, made some big plays against Montreal, but he doesn't have the burner speed. Justin McInnes. I like Justin McInnes, but Justin doesn't have burner speed. And to be honest, I thought Justin would be more of a matchup nightmare for the Riders, and he hasn't been yet. I'm looking for more from Justin McInnes. Hopefully we can see that in this game. Uh, Kian Schaefer-Baker, of course, will hopefully step up and play even a bigger role he's even been playing some running back with some plays out of the backfield and of course duke williams can get those 50 50 balls but he's not a speedster so it'll be interesting to see how coach dickinson in collaboration with jason moss the offensive coordinator decide to attack the lineup and therefore or, in essence, the Alouettes defense. When we come back, we'll head out in the Western Pizza Hotline, talk to our friend Brian Raymond at Flowing Springs, and address some other sports stories of the day. This is the Sports Cage for Saskatchewan Lotteries on 620 CKRM.
0: Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the mighty 620 CKRM.
1: And it's time now for your sports ticker and it's brought to you by our friends at Bronco Plumbing and Heating and Cooling. They're hiring. Starting salary for service technicians is $75,000 plus signing bonus. Call 781-2090. The Blue Jays are taking to the uh, mound against the Boston Red Sox. They're a half game back of the Bo Sox in the American League East. They beat Boston yesterday 7-2 well back of the New York Yankees who are absolutely drilling everybody washington commanders and wide receiver terry mcclern have agreed to a three-year 71 million dollar contract extension the deal includes a 28 million dollar signing bonus according to a source so now the wide receiver salary should fall into line dk metcalf doesn't have a deal in seattle he's their big stud receiver and kind of like a duke williams type big guy big arms can go up and get the ball and then of course uh debo samuel who's kind of like a Kean Schaefer-Baker almost plays, although he plays more running back than Kean does. Kean runs a couple of jet sweeps and a a toss play, but uh, Debo Samuels lined up as a wide receiver and a true running back at times for the 49ers. He is holding out, too, for more money. Baker Mayfield saying he's played his last game as a Cleveland Brown. He was holding his uh, youth football camp in Norman, Oklahoma, saying that he's had a lot of great uh, times and memories in Cleveland to go along with some bad ones. He is thankful for it, no resentment, but he thinks... Both teams have mutually decided to move on. Uh, they're eyeing a an indefinite suspension for Deshaun Watson, uh, which will probably carry a minimum one-year suspension. The NFL taking this seriously. They don't want to um, look like they're, you know, just kind of sweeping everything under the rug. He paid off 20 of the 24 people who were alleged victims. And apparently... Uh, a woman is suing the Houston Texans for allowing that to happen. And so you can expect more of those lawsuits to continue. Basically, Houston enabling, the Texans enabling Deshaun Watson for his behavior. So they're. Uh Going to sue the Texans, or at least this lady, as in one criminal defense lawyer said, you can expect a lot more. To the CFL, where Alouette center Sean Jameson will miss the foreseeable future. He's out six to eight weeks with an MCL injury. He was uh, pushed back in the middle of that offensive line late in the big blowout win over the Riders. So he won't play. Winnipeg native is out Western product David Brown, who took over when... Jameson had back issues last year. will slide over to the center position, I'm almost certain, here, when the Rough Riders take on the Alouettes. A 5 o'clock kickoff on Saturday, 2 p.m. pregame show, with our own Daniella Ponticelli, who's back in the big chair, with Don at the professor, and west Cates, shall we head out on the western pizza hotline let's talk to our friend brian raymond at flowing springs brian what a great day out there and i don't uh when i came to work today at rider practice i was melting so there's no wind that's a golfer's dream absolutely you
6: know the problem now is guys don't know which way to lean,
1: <laughs> and they can't blame it on the wind right
6: no they can't blame it on the wind tonight it's a beautiful evening all right so uh, you know yeah we're getting ready a lot of folks are uh, getting ready especially uh as we get to prepare for our late night twilight, which is $17 come out and walk the golf course.
1: Okay. So uh, tell us, what are the hours for that? Uh, that's every day of the week at, at six o'clock at six o'clock. Okay. Can you make, can yeah. you make with the, with the time, how far can you walk? Like if you, if you play a decent round of golf, take your time, how far can you get around walking? Do you think?
6: Um, well, there are people who tee off like, you know, between six and six 30, who, if they play half to usually keep the ball in the fairway and, uh, don't waste a lot of time they can usually get nine holes in right now or Not- no, sorry 18 holes in right now
1: oh nice uh and how's the course playing right now beautiful condition i imagine
6: the course is in great shape uh you know we've had a little bit of rain in the last couple of days but absolutely gorgeous out here and uh we've got other specials as well like you know tomorrow's wednesday so mm-hmm. on wednesday- Mondays and wednesdays ladies and seniors that's anybody over 60 29 to play the golf course and if you're not either of those, it's only $39 to play the golf course. And, of course, every day after two after 3 o'clock, it's
1: $32. Well, and if, you, uh, if you're if you like, oh, I'm a Friday golfer, I can kick back. Well, this is a different Friday because we got Canada Day. So uh, I imagine that things will be humming out there this weekend.
6: Yes, we're already taking bookings for Friday. And you know what? I hear there might be something going on on Saturday. So there might be some people coming into town for that.
1: Mm-hmm. And if
6: you're coming into town for the Ryder game, hey, bring your sticks. Make it a make a reservation, and we'll get you on the golf course.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that'd be perfect. You're coming into town anyway. Uh, just to pop in there. It's a five o'clock kickoff. You can get in for an early round to have a maybe a late lunch there, and then head to the game. That sounds like a plan to me, man. Hey, by the way, I know you're a C- uh, hockey guy, but you like watching CFL football. What do you make of this Canadian kid Nathan Rourke? Isn't that a great story?
6: Oh, that's an awesome story. I've long thought that we, you know, we're we're doing a disservice to some of these Canadian players that come out of U Sports. Uh, You know, there have been some great quarterbacks over the years, and I don't think they ever got a chance.
1: Well, you know, with Nathan, he played most of his time in Canada, but he did go down and play college football in the States, so he is U.S. trained, but you are right. Like, here's the thing. If you're a Canadian, you already know the Canadian game. You don't have to take two or three years to learn it. Like, you heard Matt Dunnigan say, it took me four or five years, six years to learn these reads. Well, I'm almost certain that Nathan Rourke can pick up faster because he knows the game
6: exactly he would have taken that to that right away because you're right because he knows the game
1: all right man so um as uh we uh, head to uh you know uh moving on from me here how do they get a hold of you out there at flowing springs
6: listen if you want to come out and play the golf course uh, just give us a call at uh, 306-543-5050 we also book online at flowing springs
1: oh we lost them there All right, so go to FlowingSprings.com and give uh, Brian Raymond a call. Brian, thanks for your time. We really appreciate it there. Beautiful, beautiful course and a beautiful uh, stretch of weather coming up here. So make sure you get out and uh, swing the sticks. Even just get out to the driving range and blow off some steam. Okay, this is kind of a troubling story. But we'll bring it up here. Scotiabank says it's pausing its sponsorship of Hockey Canada. The longtime sponsor says the pause will last until the bank is confident the right steps are taken to improve the culture within the sport. The development comes after the federal government froze public funding to the National Sport Organization last week in response to its handling of an alleged sexual assault and out-of-court settlement. Hockey Canada quietly settled a lawsuit last month with a woman who claimed she was assaulted by members of the country's 2018 gold medal winning World Junior hockey team at a gala and golf function four years ago in London, Ontario. Now, this is something to highlight here. Uh, None of the allegations have been proven in court. So that's something we have to point out. And Hockey Canada said they don't even know, they haven't even been told who the players are, which... I don't, I don't know how much to believe there either. Anyway, they did settle out of court. So uh, where there is smoke, there is fire. Hockey Canada executives were grilled by legislature, uh, legislators, pardon me, on Parliament Hill last week during a standing committee on Canadian heritage meeting, and our own uh, Saskatchewan's Kevin Waugh, the former sportscaster out of Saskatoon, was a part of those uh, hearings. In an open letter, Scotiabank president and CEO Brian J. Porter also says plan marketing and events at the world juniors in august will be canceled and the investment will be redirected into other programs so there you go that's uh, never a good story you hate to see the seedy side uh, the shady side of any sports especially when it comes to some sexual allegations you get it in the nfl uh it happened with trevor bauer in baseball the dodgers it's uh uh, he said she said uh type of thing, and uh the truth is in between that's with anything man and there's no version of the truth and Hockey Canada settled out of court, so right now the government's freezing funding, and now they're losing sponsors, so hopefully there can be some accountability so we can you know stop with these Graham James and these type of thing things behind the scenes. All right, coming up on the other side of 5 o'clock, we're going to rank our quarterbacks, 1 to 9, our starting quarterbacks, the sports cage, and we'll talk or hear from Cody Fajardo on, hey, how's his knee? What did he think of that Montreal debacle? How does he feel going into this game against the Alouettes as they get another crack at him right away, which I would think would be advantageous for the football team. This is the sports cage for Saskatchewan Lotteries, the main fundraiser for over 12,000 sport, culture, and recreation groups in the province. You're listening to the number one sports show on 620 CKRM. The Sports Cage Podcast is brought to you by Saskatchewan Seniors Mechanism, advocating for Saskatchewan's older people for 30 years. skseniorsmechanism.ca.
0: 620 CKRM is proud to be your official voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports show anywhere. It's a new era for sports talk in Saskatchewan. Welcome to the
1: Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. And welcome to the Sports Cage for Saskatchewan Lotteries, the main fundraiser for over 12,000 sport culture and recreation groups. Wherever you're listening today, thanks for making us part of your day. Let us know where you're listening from. We'll give you a shout-out, 936 the number to text. That's powered by Capital GMC Buick Cadillac, number one GM dealership in the province. Time now to welcome in our color commentator, former Rough Rider. Luke Muller, How are you today, buddy? You're looking good. Looking very, uh, very weather-like. Outside. Yeah, yeah summery. It's yeah, nice me too. day
10: outside, so, you know, it's nice to be able to wear some summer gear. rather Our than
1: uh, just... boys over at Colin O'Brien's are missing you. I went there on the weekend. I got myself some stuff. There you go. And uh, they said, uh, where's where's Big Luke? Well, I got to stop in there this week. I was supposed to go there today, but that hasn't happened yet. So.
10: <laughs> yeah, there's some nice uh, stuff over there, man. Oh, they got some great stuff. Yeah, and, you know, finally, and, and I don't want to bring it back to weight loss, but I'm going to bring it back to weight loss. I, I actually fit in the stuff now, so it's been <laughs> <laughs> they nice got though. but
1: actually they got these like the shirt i'm wearing i got a kind of like um a, a salmon color yeah, yeah. one and like really stretchy yeah, and what yeah, i love yeah. about it was music to my ears was you could throw it in your in your carry-on yeah. pull it out and it's not going to yeah, be creased exactly
10: you could literally throw it up in a ball and yeah, yeah
1: exactly <laughs> yeah. use it for use it for a pillow yeah yeah so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you can
10: take your charter flight yeah. use it for a pillow yeah then, yeah yeah
1: uh, this guy here, I love your strategy after that Montreal game, man. You you put on your sunglasses and you were out like a light all oh, the way yeah, home. Man. Yeah,
10: yeah. Don't bother me. Don't say it. But I think I man, I can't find my headphones. Really? I don't know what I did. Yeah, I must have fallen asleep too hard because they might have been big, on the plane. A, a
1: rich guy like you. Just dump your couch <laughs> out. You'll find enough money in there to buy two or three. <laughs> well, I'm hoping I them. find the headphones. So. Okay, so I'm gonna went to practice today. One of the things they're working out: Tevin Jones, a former Jags <laughs> mm-hmm. receiver, and Dooley Aristill Jr. Uh, at Shaq's spot Mm -hmm. ask coach today hey like he goes we're gonna work them out again one more day and then we'll decide whether we go American Mm -hmm. or whether we add a Canadian my question to you is do the riders have enough speed in that receiving core to what we like to say take Mm -hmm. the top off a defense
10: yeah yeah I I don't think that the riders had the speed to take a top off the defense when Shaq was in the lineup. Um, I think that they were having a lot of more success just routing guys, right? And scheming guys open, right? Giving guys the avenues to use their skill sets, beat a one-on-one, fit in well in a zone. But they weren't necessarily just running by guys, right? Mm. Uh, off the air, you and I talked about Marquise Brown from the Raiders or wherever he is now, right? He yeah. runs a 4 140 and he couldn't catch it cold, right? He's going to be out of the league in a minute, right? Just yeah. because. So speed isn't everything. I think that, you know, what they need to rely on is they really need to rely on scheme um they need to change up some of their scheme right they don't need to make things i mean there's some things that are becoming apparently obvious when you look at the the motions um from the original sets into certain pass patterns um so you know you probably have to do a little bit more of a self-scout but uh again yeah speed is great but you got to be able to leverage it right and you got to be able to control it
1: so we're uh, now removed a little bit from that game um how do you uh how do you process that game through a through a former oh. player and an analyst side? Do you are you are you are you like on this side of it? Oh mm. man, that, there's some bad there's some bad tendencies, or it's like okay, let's let's just see after Saturday and make a judgment then.
10: No, nope. it was what it was. You got beat from the opening <laughs> whistle all the way through. They they told you you weren't even allowed to leave during the butt whooping. Like you got to spend sixty minutes getting this butt whooping, and mm-hmm. they did it. I think that um, I think it was a good lesson. I think that you don't want to start leaning on the obvious excuses, right? As a player, um, you can make all the excuses. You know, one of our coaches used to say, "Excuses are like buttholes, right? Everybody's yep. got one, and they all stink." Yeah. Um. So yeah, you can throw it all. Oh, man, we're banged up. Oh man, you know it was a it was a it was a short work week. I really liked uh, when we interviewed. Um, Duke Williams Duke Williams I thought he said it best when I said hey you know how do you go forward he's like first of all I've got to get better Mm -hmm. period yep and, and that's what you need. You need leadership that, that are just willing to be accountable for that piece. I've got to get better. It starts with me. I'm going to do better. Well, He
1: talked about in the end zone mm-hmm. when he had that touchdown opportunity, got batted away, and you would mm-hmm. said he's got to come up with that catch. Yeah. And he said, i got to come up with that catch. Yeah. But kudos to the guy across from me. Mm-hmm. He gets paid too. He was ready to go. So I'll give him kudos. But he goes, I'm going to be better this week. We'll see if he's that, better. And that's,
10: and that's accountability, right? It wasn't, oh, man, you know, guys are banged up. No. I'm going to do better and guys are going to see me, guys are going to see me put it to work in practice guys are going to see me put it to work in the film room I'm going to be a vocal leader and I'm going to do better and we're going to win the next game okay. so I think that you don't you just you just got to make sure that hey you take the film for what it was there were some there are some glaring errors there are some glaring misses right like they spent a lot of time focusing on the middle when it came to getting it Cody right um, and I don't think it was necessarily just because Logan Bandy was in there I think no. it was because the way the offensive line in general were reacting to certain stunts and twists up front so you got it you got to take you you either win or you learn because if, if you win or you lose, you're going to lose again. But if you win or you learn, there's the opportunity.
1: Cody Fajardo caught up with him uh, after practice. We'll hear from him. Then on the other side, I'm going to list you what I think are the rankings for the quarterbacks. Tell me if you Ooh, agree yeah. in the CFL. Okay. First, let's hear from Cody Fajardo.
9: Yeah. Uh, it was, you know, a tough day for, for all of us. And, uh, Kind of the chips were stacked against us to start, but that's a really good football team. And I told you guys going into the game that uh, even though they're 0-2, they were a really good football team. And that was evident on tape. And now we got a chance to, to wash the bad taste out of our mouth in front of our home fans, um, use the electricity of our fans. Uh, they did a great job of using electricity of their fans and making it loud and hard, especially for us on offense, to communicate. Um, so, so we're looking forward to hosting them here uh, in our stadium, and I think the guys are eager and, and uh, ready for the opportunity. You had
6: special connections of Dan Clark. You had special connections of Shaq. Now he's gone.
9: Yeah I know it's like everybody I get close to something happens but uh, that's football and what I told those guys and what, what I told Shaq after the day is doesn't matter how much you love football it'll never love you back and and that's the the scary part of playing football and why I always talk about how you never know when your last play is and um, while I give it everything I have when well, well, I have the opportunity to play but uh, losing a guy like Shaq is, is big for us team morale wise uh, losing Dan the week before was big team morale wise but um, the good news this team is deep uh, we have a really talented uh, receiving room. Uh, I was hoping not to show it off this early in the season, but um, you know, if you want to be able to be there in the last game of the season, you've got to have a really talented and deep team. And and I think we have that here and and we'll see uh, as the season progresses, but uh, the good news is we're still early. So it's not like it's extremely critical games. Obviously we want to win as many games as we can early, but it's not like it's towards the end of the season where it's must win games. So guys will get good game tape, good game experience, so that when we are down the road and we have must win games, uh hopefully it pays dividends. How oh, happy
1: are you get them right back right away.
9: Yeah, I mean that's uh, what's so awesome about the CFL and it was unique when I first got into the league where you're like we're playing the same team twice it kind of feels like baseball but when you lose that first game and you got it back to back you're really eager and excited about the same week the only thing that sucks is you got to watch that bad film all week right and uh, that's tough to do but it humbles you and you watch and you watch how many errors you make and I think you can learn a lot more from losing a football game than winning a football game and so I think that's what the team's done really good job of the last couple days and I know that we'll continue to do that throughout the week is just learning as much as we can from that loss and sometimes losing bad early is, is really good for a team and I can think back to 2019 we uh, we got beat pretty bad by Calgary here at home we went on a bye week and I think we rallied off seven straight so hopefully ha- the same thing happens but it's professional football and every team's got a good squad. Before
10: that game too against Calgary it was a short week with five days between games is there almost a direct
9: parallel in how you can look at that and apply? That's a great stat. I didn't know it was a short week, but it's extremely tough for guys on short weeks. You're, you're so banged up. You don't get to watch as much film as you want, especially me. Uh, you know, there were sometimes I, I, I didn't really know what to expect. We were just calling plays and going through plays, and you didn't know much defensively because there's just not enough time in a day where you can really scout your opponent. So um, feeling a little bit more confident going into this game and seeing them and having good tape and, and against our offense. So that's uh, that's encouraging for a lot of guys in that room, and I think it help us play a lot better. Duke
10: is promising a show on Saturday. Are you getting that
2: vibe that he might be ready to go off?
9: Absolutely, I mean, I think he went for 101 last game and he said he was a bad game, right? Obviously there's some plays that you want back, but anytime you go over 100 yards, that's a that's a good day at the office. But um, Duke knows that he ha- hasn't given his best, uh, is what he believes he is. And uh, that's exciting for me as a quarterback to hear your top receiver to say he's, he's gonna put on a show. So um, it, it's one of those things where week two, we didn't have Duke. He we had one practice with him, and then we go right into a game, got to play. We lose Shaq early. picton has got to come in, play X, a position he's never played. We were just kind of scrambling. It felt like that whole time um, I kind of talked to the guys. It was kind of like quicksand, where the more you fought, the deeper you went. And and it just felt like the harder we fought, the harder it got against us. So uh, gonna try and play freely, gonna go out there and and have some fun. I noticed that we were low energy, and I think a lot of that is just the travel and everything taken out. But coming out with some high energy, and like I said, using our fans as best as we can for that high energy.
8: You guys say that one day of practice—that's no excuse—should have went out there and played better. But how nice is this fully going to be in terms of the old line and communication, especially with Bandy, a rookie center, had to go in there on one day.
9: Yeah, we threw him to the wolves, and uh, and Montreal's front seven is extremely good, and they're very talented. And you can see just by on tape, uh, they did a good job of mixing up some defenses, going three down, four down, bringing pressure from from different areas, um, and that's hard as a rookie on your first game in one rep practice and. We don't do very many scout team, but uh, what we do is goods on goods and that really helps us with guys just just feeling the flow of the game and the speed of the game. And uh, I know Bandy played as the sixth man uh, for us the first two games, but it's a whole lot different when you got to make those calls. I got so much respect for those guys. They work really hard and I know that they'll be extremely better. I got to help them out. Um, A few times I held on the ball a little bit longer than I should and try and get the ball out of my hand and help these guys and and just move the ball down the field. Give our defense a rest. Um, So I'm really looking forward to just that opportunity to play football again on this Saturday. Do you think just
8: better communication could fix some of the things we, we saw?
9: Uh, I think so. I think our communication was okay, um, but I definitely think it'll it'll fix just getting more reps and just feeling more reps in the offense. We didn't get to game plan for them, which most people don't really understand is, most of the time you game plan for a defense and you set up certain plays that you know will work against the defense. When you have one day of practice, you only get 36 total reps. And so you're trying to rep as much as you can. But as a quarterback, if you don't get those good reps, uh, you don't feel confident going into a game. So we'll have some more game plan stuff and and our offense definitely should be a lot better this week. And that's why I'm really eager and excited for this opportunity. Cody
1: isn't Thursday night football ridiculous. Like, isn't that ridiculous? One practice you're you can barely scrape yourself off the airplane and you're supposed to play and they say, Oh, well, it's because of the product. Well I mean, you guys weren't putting your best product out there. It's not an excuse, it's a fact.
9: Well, yeah, I mean, uh, it would be interesting to look back at all the Thursday night games when guys have short weeks and, and what the score was. You tend to find more of the Friday night, the Saturday night games are the ones that come down to the wire, and, and that's the reason you get to game plan, you get your body back, and, and like you said, that's the product. Now, uh, obviously, you want to try and hold as many days of the week as you can with games because um, there's a marketing aspect to it, but uh, as a player, that w- that's a tough turnaround for a lot of guys, especially how physical The game was with Edmonton. Um, Sometimes you get out of games and you're like, "Oh, that wasn't as physical as you thought." Uh, We went through a physical game with Edmonton, and then right into an extremely physical game with Montreal. So we're pretty banged up in that locker room. This these last uh, eight nine days are going to be really beneficial for us.
6: Did Coach tell you that Mason Fine was going in?
9: Yeah, he did. I, you know, I'm a little banged up. And so I I didn't want to get pulled out of the game. And uh, he just said Mason needs some experience. And uh, and I'm all for that because I've been in that position before where you sit on the sideline all game. And there's going to be a time when Mason's got to Probably come in and and help us win some football games, and so giving him that experience early in games like that. As much as a competitor I am, I I understood it and I was there for him. But uh, if my guys are out there fighting, I want to be out there as well. But I think a lot of it uh, relied more on the fact of of how my body was feeling on on the short week, um, and not really the score. I uh, feel a lot better uh, now that I got some time uh, this brace has been beneficial I, I don't think I would have been able to play without it um, but I'm um, really looking forward to getting the brace off and so hopefully I can get through one more week and then hopefully take the brace off. Is that one of
6: your more physical outings because you took several sacks you took a pretty good hip check there on the sidelines.
9: Yeah you know I think football is always a physical game but I think it was one of the more physical ones because my body wasn't fully recovered from the week before and usually you get uh, to wake up I woke up on game day and I'm like ah we got to play a game today usually you wake up excited, fresh, and you're like, yes, we get to play football today. And and I remember waking up, and I'm like, ah, I hope I can make it through four quarters. And and right there, you're already thinking negativi- negatively. So um, for me, I'm gonna feel a lot better going into this game, uh, body-wise, just because of the time off.
1: Let me ask you though, you're you're in short yarded situations with that knee. Seawell falls in you. You got up a little slow. Was there ever any talk of, hey, I'm not doing third and short?
9: No, you know that's the thing that kept me in the CFL. So as long as they want me out there, I'm gonna be out there. And uh, if it's what's best for the team, I know Mason hasn't done very many short yardage and so i'm going to be out there the thing is when you get in those piles there's a lot of things the cameras don't catch and uh, when you wear a knee brace as a quarterback when you're not used to wearing one it's almost like a bullseye for the defensive guys so uh, that's something you just got to get used to and try and protect yourself but uh, yeah anyway i can help the team if i got to stay on the field stay on the field for short yardage uh, communicates. Definitely number one. Number two is just go out and have fun. Obviously losing a guy like Shaq, we can't uh, get too complicated because we got guys who are going to be playing their first CFL game. And um, so we want to keep it simple and we want to play fast and have fun. I think we didn't get to play fast and have fun. That's the most important thing for me is go out there and have fun. I, I, I didn't find myself having fun. It doesn't help when they run back to opening kickoff. But uh, when adversity hits, you can't just kind of run and hide from it. You got to go out and still put a smile on your face. And I, I wish I would have done that for the guys. And I, I'm going to learn from that and I'll be better this week.
1: That's Cody Fajardo in conversation with us reporters after practice. All right. So uh, let's get to our rankings. Luke Mullender of uh, quarterbacks before we go to break. At number nine, I've got uh, Nick Arbuckle. I have um, MBT. Okay. From Toronto. He's at number eight for me. He's number eight. For me. Bethel, yeah. He's number, number eight.
10: Yeah. My number eight quarterback is um, Dane Evans.
1: Okay. I got Dane Evans at number seven. Okay. Who do you got at seven? Seven, I have Nick Arbuckle. Oh, really? Why think, is that?
10: I think Nick Arbuckle has got potential to be better than a lot of these guys here towards the end of the okay. year. I think they're going to build, but I think he's definitely better. I think Dane's been a massive disappointment, yep. and I think McLeod Bethel Thompson's overrated.
1: Okay. Well, I think he's overrated, too. Yeah. Absolutely. Toronto's going nowhere with him. No. Uh, number six, I got Trevor Harris. I got Jeremiah Masoli. Okay. Six. I yeah. thought I have Masoli ahead of him because Masoli's been throwing it lights out, except he hasn't been able to get it in the end yeah. zone. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's, that's
10: why. So is that why we have Harris it. at four, yeah, got at a, five? It's the whole narrative that we talked yeah. about during yeah. game day for yeah. the Riders. Got yeah. to score.
1: So now, you can't lose your job to injury. Mm. Uh, Vernon Adams lost, like he was out last week because of COVID. Yeah. He's back practicing now. So is Weineke. I
10: think they're nuts if they, they start anybody but Trevor Harris. Yeah, They're
1: they're absolutely nuts, and they don't want to win. Okay, so number four quarterback, I got Nathan Rourke, only because he has a, a small sample size. Are we on size. five right now? We're on five, well, well Masoli I had. Who do you have at five? I got Masoli at five. You got Harris at five. I got Rourke at five. We well, got Rourke at five. Yeah. Okay. I got Rourke at five. Okay. Who do you got four? Cody. Okay. I got Cody at three. Yeah, I, got I got Rourke Cody. at four.
10: Oh yeah, you're gonna hate my third
1: one. Okay. Who's your third one? Trevor Harris. I think
10: Trevor Harris is wow. the third best quarterback in this league. Wow. I think if they protect him, they're gonna go a lot farther under Trevor Harris than they're gonna go. They're not gonna win the Grey Cup. They're not going to win the Grey Cup, but I think they're going to. I think he statistically he can he can outshine a lot of these guys if they give him the shot. Okay, I really do think that. Number two, Bo Levi Mitchell.
1: Okay, I got Zach. And yeah. then I got Bo at one. And I got Zach at one. Bo was throwing it, man. Two, three hundred yards starting He started throwing. It. Yeah. It's scary. Yeah. No, he is. Start, he is.
10: Are we gonna start are we really gonna start letting him warm up? You know yeah, what I mean? I like, That's what I Let's mean. get this guy out and of here. And we early. get him
1: at the end of the year, too. I know, I know. When he's at the peak, right as they go into the playoffs, we get bow <laughs> oh, oh, Mitchell. Oh, he's the way and, and Kolaros too. That's how it works, except for Labor Day. Anyway, when we come back, we'll hear from Danny Austin in Calgary with the Calgary Sun. You're listening to the Sports Cage for Saskatchewan Lotteries on six twenty CKRM.
0: the official radio partner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM.
1: Welcome back to the Sports Cage. I'm Michael Ball, our color commentator Luke Mulliner in studio, Glenn Suter on deck, but first let's head out in the Western Pizza Hotline and uh, when we talk Western Pizza, we want to tell you, uh, for Western Pizza, order the Riders sweet deal from Western Pizza, and you and a friend could be watching a Rider game from a luxury suite. Covering the Calgary Stampeders, Danny Austin in Calgary. How are you today, Danny? I'm
11: doing very well. I'm not in a luxury suite. That sounds pretty nice, but I'm doing well otherwise.
1: We aren't in a luxury suite either. Uh, I have Calgary as the number one ranked team in the CFL right now. Uh, And I have Bo Levi Mitchell as my number one ranked quarterback. Would you agree with both of those?
11: I'm going to have an awfully hard time making a compelling case to Saskatchewan audience that Bo should be above Nathan Work right now just because I think what Nathan Work's doing in B.C., Uh, has been just so spectacular. But, I mean, are there any questions about Bo left? I mean, I think he's proven it. He's getting 300 yards a week. He's going out. He's winning football games. He's finding his receivers, spreading the ball out. Mm -hmm. I think he's been fantastic. I really, really do. Uh, There were some people who didn't want to believe that going into the season. Uh, But those of us who saw him in training camp thought he was best. He's probably looked since 2018. And uh, he's proven that. Uh, Best team in the league? Stamps are in the mix. Uh, There's no question about that. Uh, I kind of have them right there. You know, Winnipeg, I, I think they look a step slower than they did last year, but until someone beats them, uh, they still sort of, for me, get that number one spot. But I, I probably have Calgary number two. Mm-hmm. But I have BC right there as well, if I'm being honest with you. I mean, they're absolutely smashing teams, and I can't be ignored.
1: Okay, so, Luke, you kind of you kind of inhaled there. And I, I initially, I was all on the Nathan Rourke train in terms of ranking him, but then I thought, okay played Edmonton which is a grease fire then they had a, a bye and then Toronto has to travel across country and I think Toronto is going to mm-hmm. they're a decent team with a bad quarterback mm-hmm. so I want to see him on a short week and then I think they get the Bombers after that like I'm interested I
10: want, yeah I want to see him against a, a good defense I, I just think that they're doing really, really simple things with Nathan Rourke right now. And that's and good. I, I don't think that they're going to get away with that if they want continuing to be really simplistic with his... I mean, and he's missing some... He reminds me... Remember when Jeremiah Masoli was lighting up the league, but everybody was like, eh... Like, he, he misses some passes he should hit, too, now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think that... I think that he, well, I've I, I really want to see... That's why I had him at number five. I really want to see him continue to develop. I, I, I agree with Danny Austin, though. I think he's on a great clip, and I think it's great for the league. Heck, the... Mm-hmm. the, the, the uh, the bolded headline today that I saw when I walked yeah. in here on your desk was Nathan Rourke gets more people watching in the again than the riders. And I'm like, it's actually the BC lions, but that's, perfect for the league.
1: It is, isn't it, Danny? And we need to promote the heck out of that. As I look at my screen and see Andrew Buckley, who was a Canadian quarterback for the Stamps, left because he can make more as a doctor, selected for the Can West Hall of Fame. There are a lot of guys that, uh, you know, I'm hoping that down the line this opens the door for other guys and people, because we know sports is a copycat thing. Hey, maybe we can get a Canadian quarterback, pay him a little less to start, and spread the wealth around at some of the weapons, because that's what BC decided to do.
11: Yeah, and I mean, look, I I think BC had a lot of confidence. I mean, you kept hearing that out of some sort of the guys who covered the team. And that, I basically mean Farhan Lalji, but he said, look, they really believe he's ready. They really believe he's a starter. Uh, you know, I hope he doesn't go NFL next year for our own sake, but, you know, he could. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Nathan Rourke, he's, he's not a talent that's going to come along every year, but I do hope that, you know it it gives coaches a little bit more confidence to give these you know elite canadian guys a shot at quarterback i i will not be i will not say that that doesn't happen at every other position because i believe it does but um at quarterback look I, I i think it matters i think that there's a mystique that comes with sort of this idea of a canadian quarterback and i think that, that uh is a
1: oh did we lose him we are you there danny we lost him so we'll try to get him back mm. um I wanted to go so- back to something, speaking of quarterback that Cody said mm. in that, uh, that clip we heard as we try to get a hold of mm. Danny Austin again. Um, he had talked about, uh, you know, oh, I don't know, getting up in the morning. And, it, that t- and you were kind of, that was exactly your reaction about having a negative mindset.
10: Yeah, and he used it in an example of saying, you know, that was, I was letting negativity creep, but that's, we can't have that. It's, it, it's, it's, it's you know what? When I woke up today, I thought one of the best things that's going to happen to us is is that it's a short weekend and we're all sore because we're gonna we're gonna overcome this adversity, right? Like it's mm-hmm. all in the way, but you need your quarterback, especially with the injury that they had. You need your quarterback waking up and like focusing on on ways that they're gonna make this the best day ever, mm-hmm. right? Like that negativity. I mean, yeah, I, I've, were were we sore at certain points in our career? Yeah, absolutely, but that was an opportunity that was not a negative thing. That mm-hmm. was a, oh man, because they're sore too, right? Yeah. Like they're, they're, yeah. yeah, so I just, yeah, I hope that that's not the language that continues to move forward because I think that he's got a real chance to be something special in this league. Yeah.
1: Alright, so uh, Danny Austin back with us here on the uh, Western Sorry Pizza No, no, that's okay, man. Uh, so as we look at the Calgary Stampeders I think the BC lines as I looked at it and now Burnham's out with some cracked ribs Shacks uh, hurts, so that affects the Riders receiving core, but I would say BC's got a nice array of weapons there for Nathan Rourke. But the Calgary Stampeders actually starting to round into form. I think they might be the most balanced on offense with Kadim Carey in the backfield. Sindani, the Regina kid, uh, has picked up his game as he matures. And how about Malik Henry?
11: Man, he was, he was something special uh, on Saturday night. And to be honest, it's something that I think one of my questions going into this season was, who is that sort of third guy going to be from the St. Peters? Because you know what Reggie Bagleton gives you. You know what Kamar Jordan gives you. But when they released Jordan Williams-Lambert, I was like, all right, well, maybe they're, they're really high on Malik Henry. because That's the only real explanation there, and it's working out. So, yeah, I mean, I think we all know what Kadeem Carey can do. He's one of, if not the best running back in the CFL. Uh, but when you combine a healthy bow with, you know, Three Canadian receivers and definitely at least one Canadian who is capable of making big plays on second down, getting you those fifteen twenty yards that you sometimes need. Uh, yeah, I, I think people need to start paying attention to the snaps um, because there, there's a there's a lot of weapons there.
10: It's the system, man. Yeah, I'm so sick and tired of watching both sit back there just hanging out in the pocket, <laughs> uh, totally just well, untouched. Yeah, just whatever yeah, throw he yeah, wants to that. make, he just goes and makes. Oh, yeah, yeah.
11: Part of that is the offensive line, too, yep. and this O-line is, you know, people should be should be kind of paying attention to it, too, because it's been exceptional. Derek Dennis does not look like he missed a step despite two years out of football. Sean is the best center in the league, and I think we're seeing around the league right now how much the center matters, including in Saskatchewan. So, mm. yeah, theres I understand people being sick of it, but uh, it's pretty impressive.
1: Okay, so lastly, Danny, uh, and we, we appreciate your time here on short notice. So uh, Quee's trying his best to stir up interest in Edmonton, even though the product isn't there yet. Uh, uh, Stern is on Twitter trying to fire it up. Uh, we know Doman's really done a great job. So there's somewhat of a breath of fresh air. The Riders, I would say, is the, are the flagship in terms of off the field, uh, what they do. But mind you, they're the only game in town. But the flagship team, I don't care if the Bombers have won the last two Grey Cups. On the field, That's what Luke said. It is the Calgary Stampeders. But people aren't going to your games. Are they bored? Like, are they bored of it? Is it the stadium? Do the, the do, do the owners put enough effort into promoting? Because more people should be going to that football team's games.
11: Yeah, I mean, I wish I had a good explanation for you, but it was sort of listed at twenty-one thousand for week one, and was just over twenty-two for week two. Uh, and that's you know, even five years ago, they were still pulling in twenty-seven thousand a game. So it's a it's a major major concern. uh I would like to see more energy go into marketing uh, around the city. I do think that's part of it. Uh, potentially part of it was sort of taking for granted that the stamps or fans were just going to kind of be there and show up as long as a good field team was on the field. But uh, you're not wrong to point it out. I'm definitely the wrong guy to give you an answer for what it actually is going on. But you're not wrong that something is happening there. It's, it's, it's troubling.
1: Danny Austin from the Calgary Sun joining us. Thanks, man. I appreciate your time. We'll have you on again.
11: Take care. Guys. Take care.
1: That's Danny joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. When we come back, it's Glenn Suter uh, as he joins us in the cage for Quality Tire here on six twenty CKRM.
0: Every time Saskatchewan gets in second and long, they've been bringing Glenn Suter up on the outside. Sometimes they blitz
10: him, sometimes they don't. But when he's blitzed, he's had success.
0: It's time for press coverage as former writer greats and veteran CFL football broadcaster Glenn Suter shares his unique and passionate
1: perspective about the league we love with Rider Nation. And this segment is brought to you by our good friends over there at Quality Tire with nine locations across Saskatchewan, qualitytire.ca. How are you today, Glenn Suter?
12: I'm good, and I don't want to get you guys mad, so I'm not going to start out with just, you know, saying uh, I've been listening in. Yeah, been listening in, and I I don't want to start out by saying you know like we just have to stop, but um, I'm going to anyway. So this this crowd counting, yeah. Can can we just take a break from from the hamster wheel that is every single game? Only in Canadian football we don't we don't crowd count the Ottawa Senators. Yeah. We don't crowd count soccer. We don't crowd count. Every time there's, there's terrible attendance at a game in the NHL in Florida or, or somewhere down south, we, you know, we never bring it up for any other sports. We don't bring it up for live events when a concert's half empty. You know, so, but every single week, we go well. There's only 22,000 in Calgary. That's not good enough. They should have 27. They had 25, uh, 27,000 five years ago. They should have.
4: Mm-hmm. But, you
12: know, I mean, first of all, there's there's a lot of different ways to look at it. One perspective is, yeah, we always want to continue to grow and build. That that goes without saying, right? And Victor Queen in Edmonton is doing a good job there. I think Amar Doman is is crushing it here, and I and it's gonna it's gonna happen in Vancouver. Um, You know, and and other other cities maybe need to work harder at it, you know, whether that's Toronto and Calgary or or any other city as well. But, you know, so does the NHL. The the Vancouver Canucks aren't sold out. You know, I mean, and and a sellout in Vancouver is 18,000. A bad crowd in BC plays for a Lions game is 25,000. How does
1: that make any sense? The difference, though, apples and oranges, because they're both gate-driven leagues. They have a bigger TV contract than the CFL does, so you need people to come to the games. And, yeah, but Baldwin, and I don't think, and I don't think just let me finish for a second. I don't think the Calgary stampeders do a good enough job of promoting in calgary they they haven't put an effort in Toronto doesn't put an effort in like the, if you're gonna fight at least get in the fight, at least put up you know you, you have to do more than just say, hey, show up and watch us because we're the riders, hey, show up and watch us because we're the stampeders and we're just a good football team it, It's more than that now, and I don't think yeah.
12: yeah. No argument for me on, on any of that that you know should should they be marketing differently and more should they be yeah absolutely you know I mean that's that goes without saying I just from from a a perspective of listening online and listening to across the country because mm-hmm. you know doing radio across the country um, it it's every single week we find somewhere in our league that doesn't. Have the attendance that someone thinks it should have, even though it might be up from last year, you know whatever it they take one perspective, which is not enough people watching in calgary that's a big issue that's a real concern that's a problem and i just i i say yeah okay let's let's build what's going on in calgary twenty two thousand is a good a good base, and if I remember correctly, and this may have changed because back in in the day the late mister braley had told me that eighteen thousand was a break-even point for for um for this for this fan driven business that is the cfl so you know if you're twenty at two no you're not you're not making millions but you are past the break-even point so mm-hmm. you can run a viable business and you know i just I, any what you said and what you guys talked about is cor- it's correct But it's just an old, repeated story to count the crowd every single week in every stadium. It's just, you know, we we are now saying 400,000 fans watching the CFL,
4: Mm -hmm.
12: which was our average this past week. Yep. 400,000 a game is somehow not good enough because it's down 5%. 400,000 watching on TV is 320,000 more than any soccer game we put on the air
1: that's a good point absolutely you know um it's interesting because i uh i was in discussion with craig reynolds luke Mullander, and you're a business guy and you know he said uh for us four games in july casual fans pick and choose which ones they want to go to one or two not four season ticket holders we're basically asking them to burn their entire weekend set in july when there are cabins and vacations and we have a short summer so uh we just we as we look at it for the rough riders we're just hoping we can get through July and August uh you know in terms of that and there so there are challenges there's inflation you talked about it there's gas prices so there are a lot of things and and a lot of people have seventy-five inch TVs, Luke. Now, and they sometimes just would rather prefer, with the pr- way prices are, to sit at home and be a part of the four hundred thousand that Glenn talked about and watch Glenn Suter and Dustin Nielsen and whoever mm. call the game, right?
10: I think that I think that you know you were right. First of all, it's it's a gate-driven league, and there's been so much emphasis put on being a gate-driven league in the past that it's created that narrative for the Canadian Football League. But the other thing is, I think that there's 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 more there's more focus on the numbers because of the environment we're in. In, in the country, um, where you know we're we're looking at you know steady inflation, right, mm. record inflation. We're looking at interest rates, uh, you know, about to rise again. We're looking at, and I think that people, the the concern is, I think, okay, well, you know, if if you're getting this now, when this recession hits, what are you going to get, right? When mm. so, I think that that's 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 one of the other reasons. Um, for good news story behind that is, is I think that those numbers have been updated. Um. Uh, suits based on sort of the the progress of the league, and, and it's now I think down to fourteen thousand being the uh, being the break even point. Yeah, maybe. So yeah. right. So so hopefully that you know that obviously continues to trend. But this this league, I'm I'm not necessarily I I have no problem pointing out attendance numbers, right? Um, and the reason I have no problem pointing out attendance numbers because I, I want the focus. I want to be able to point to streaming numbers. I want to be able to point to marketing streams and things like that. But you just don't see consistently the amount of the amount of emphasis put on that by league stakeholders. So, so again, I think that yeah, there, there's a number of factors that go into it. But I think that again, the the big piece is going to be our current economic status mm-hmm. in all of Canada not just one province is one that does not actually facilitate family outings in yeah. a minute yeah. and if you're getting the attendance now what happens when it really starts squeezing people's
1: so pockets? so Glenn here's the, here's a question for you I can't remember if I brought this up with you in the past I have brought it up in other areas and with other people so Mark right. Mark Tresman and I talked about this and, and off air and he said he didn't care if I talked about it on air Uh, we're on the same page. I think the CFL should allow 14 and under in free to games because you know what? 14 and under the threshold. We're generally, you don't, you know, you you still need your parents to go or maybe make it 12-under where your parents still got to take you to the game. Now dad buys a ticket. Maybe dad, because he didn't pay for the kid's ticket, buys a a snack at the game or maybe a BC Lions hat or an Argos hat. And it, it, it gives the illusion that it's a place to be. Lots of people are there. So when you're tuning into the game, watching Glenn Suter on TSN, you're like, oh, Argos game. I think I'll go check it out. How do you feel about that?
12: I agree. Uh, You know, I I went and saw the New York Yankees with my son when I was in New York visiting my daughter when she was in school. And, you know, I would never go to a baseball game. I mean, that's just, I get it for other people, but it's not my thing. Um, But it was, I think it was like two bucks for my son and 10 bucks for me to sit in the bleachers. And you know, we went and we had a great time. We had a beer and whatever. I, well, he didn't. I did. <laughs> and, you know, and 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 we we enjoyed the day. So I, I I get what you're saying, and I I I like it. I let me ask you guys this. Like, m- my question is not to compare the economic structures of the NHL or our league because yeah. obviously they're very different. But you know, I don't ever hear anyone talk about the family and friends that are watching the Ottawa Senators play games at home, and this is, a, this is our country's game. Our national pastime is hockey. How is it possible that, that they get 7500 7, for a game? And here's the second question. Why is it a good story, or how is it a good story, that there are 9,000 on average for Vancouver Whitecaps and 23,000 for BC Lions games, and somehow the Lions is a bad story and a problem and the Whitecaps is a success story?
1: It's a good point that's a really good point i mean that that is a good point i, I mean can't argue with that and especially too when you talk about the, the tv viewing
10: it's, it's probably the uh it's probably the emphasis soccer has or football has on uh, on multicultural um or maybe other, but other it, cultures it's... other cultures and and if you look at the political ramifications you know everybody wants to talk about the success they have gathering different cultures in different buildings you know what I mean so
1: yeah it's a narrative that people like to spin in a world of uh, spun narratives okay but that's the,
10: but that's the thing though is yeah. is that you know like that's the responsibility of the governors uh, to me uh, you know like hey like why aren't you in every single cultural building yeah, uh, across your region. Why well, you need to be going? Oh, you've got an empty suite that that's not sold. Do you have you gone to the uh, have you gone to the um, to the seek? Um, to the Sikh Church over there, and yeah. you, have you offered free tickets? They're they're not gonna. No one's coming to that suite anyways. Have you given you you know yeah. the, the different cultural groups in your city access to the game that they wouldn't have access to? Yeah. Right. Use your resources. If your resources aren't being bought, you better go out and you better get fill those fill those stands yeah. and fill the with new Canadians.
1: Yeah, we're gonna take a break. Be back uh, with our uh, second half with Glenn Suda here on the Sports Cage for Quality Tire on six twenty CKRM. Our house is your house. Welcome inside
0: the sports cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM.
1: Time now for your sports ticker, and it's brought to you by our friends at Bronco Plumbing Heating and Cooling. They're hiring. Starting salary for service technicians is $75,000 plus signing bonus. Call 781 2090. We will have the Memorial Cup tomorrow. Uh, so we'll see the wrap-up of the Canadian Hockey League. <laughs> Hard to believe, almost July. And we've got the Blue Jays on the mound right now taking on the Red Sox. And it's 3-1 Blue Jays, bottom of the second. They got one on first. Nobody out, but they just popped up to the infield. Shortstop makes the catch. And the Blue Jays are one down with a Springer flying out up 3-1. to Time to uh, wrap up our conversation with Glenn Suter quality tire the sponsor of this segment nine locations in saskatchewan check them out at qualitytire.ca so the riders are back at it with the montreal alouettes here glenn Suter, and yeah. uh back-to-back games every rider i talk to very happy they're playing the alouettes right away after that debacle on thursday it's nice to get right back at them
12: yeah you <laughs> luke knows man you love you love to get right back, like I remember thinking if you could just take an ice bath and play the next day after a loss, because you got to just get that feeling out of your system, and the only way to do it is to get back on the field. So to have back-to-back is is good for both, and to be at home is going to help, obviously, Saskatchewan in a big way. So. Looking forward to covering that game. Looking forward to being there. But here's another thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't agree with your guys' quarterback rankings either. Okay,
1: well, I was going to go with that. <laughs> here, but, hey, before we do that, we got a text on the other side of the glass, uh, Glenn. Boy, you're, you're grumpy with us today. What the heck? is the <laughs> matter with <laughs> yeah, you today? Cantankerous suitor? Anyway, uh, hold on a second. We got a text with Abby on the other side of the glass. Go ahead, Abby. Sir, I'm just looking at uh, Luke's golf shot on TikTok. Give me one second here. i just got to get by that. Um,
8: <laughs> Bert? <laughs> Bert Wilson uh, texted and just said, food for thought, guys. Uh, I believe this would be the only time that the first three weeks of a CFL regular season went up against the Stanley Cup playoffs. No other Canadian programming will ever beat that.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, we haven't had the season this early. Uh, The Oilers went on a bit of a run. So that is something to consider. It's a very good point. Uh, Glenn, how do you feel about that in terms of what... Yeah, true, uh, true.
12: Yeah, that that day, uh, what what day was it here? The the final for the Stanley Cup Finals, uh, we had one game, and there was also a Blue Jay game that we were competing against that that night as well. So that number was a little bit lower. But again, almost 400,000, I believe... Um, so you know when you look at the actual numbers there 's still that many people in our country watching on average our game so yeah and and by the way, I think the the Stanley Cup final game was around two million, yeah, could you imagine if the Grey Cup went from? Four and a half million on average, which is what it's been in, of late, where 10 million people in the country tune in at one point or another. Yeah. Could you imagine if that 4.8 million dropped to two? No. I- and what the the narrative would be? The, the CFL is in trouble. Hmm. Their championship game went from 4.8 million on average to 2 million. That was the final game of the Stanley Cup finals. Now, if there was a Canadian team in it, that number would have been much bigger.
1: Okay, Suits, we've got another text quickly. Abby on the other side of the glass. Go uh, ahead. Tina from Regina just uh, wanted to comment
8: on the talk about, uh, you know, 14 and under going to the CFL games for free. She said, I don't think it needs to be free. I think uh, if it was 10, 15 bucks, she'd be willing to take uh, a five or seven year old granddaughter to the games, but not for 60 bucks, is what uh, she paid for the home opener. Uh, she said her five year old heard her talking about the riders today and asked if she could go to a game, and that's how she feels the young kids would be uh, getting excited and hooked on the CFL.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, Luke, you uh, have a quick story, uh, you know, if you can put it in one minute or less. You, oh, I with, can't. No, oh, you can't? Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> well no. Well,
10: on, put it this way. I'll tell a different story. The Sooner, Rap-
1: listen, can Tanker Suter <laughs> can breathe and he can come on later, <laughs> later in the week here and talk about his quarterback Raptors. The Raptors, uh, the Raptors used, to, the Raptors used yep. to
10: give away uh, as long as you brought your student card yep. to the Raptors when they were playing the Skydome, students yep. might remember this, um, you could go and see the Raptors game for free. That's how they got their fan base going because they used to just flood the second level with high school students.
1: Glenn, this is a cool story though tell us the file Hill story here with yeah, the Red so, cross
10: so it was nice you know the the can this we have a really good local partnership with the uh, with the uh, with the Saskatchewan rough riders um they donated 400 tickets um, when we were evacuating Um, Community, Um, so they and they wanted they wanted the people who were coming down from that community to have things to do, obviously, right activities, and so they gave the Canadian Red Cross 400 tickets to the game. Um, That amount of people didn't come down to they like. Thankfully, really, like realistically, thank thank goodness we didn't get 400 people needing to come to our shelter that we had set up in Regina. Mm -hmm. Well so we said well the, you know we can't disappoint our partners either. So what we're going to do is we're going to give the rest of these tickets to File Hills Capel, our tribal council. Within 20 minutes those those tickets were gone. Once File Hills Capel said, "Hey, we have rider tickets." Not only did they do that, they started organizing, "Okay, well which teams, which which kids are going? Hey, don't forget to bring your football jersey." And they were right so like mm-hmm. And that was the thing. So I, I, I was beaming with pride because I didn't want 400 spots, especially if the riders had donated those tickets to us. I didn't want them to go un, unused. And so when I kept looking out of the booth, you might have seen me the first, like you what, what is Luke doing? I kept looking out to the left yeah. and up. And that's where all those those people were. And man, they were, and again, this was a donation through Saskatchewan Rough Riders, but they were used. They were spending money at the gate, right? They were spending money on food, on drinks. They, they were buying souvenirs and stuff I saw, right? Yeah. So, that's the engagement that you can give to unused seats and resources across the league right if you know that you're going to have three or four su- su- suites for instance in calgary hmm. open up go and donate those tickets to cultural groups
1: okay so suits we're going to hold the uh your quarterback rankings here the next time we have you on but is there one match up here in a minute or less that you're looking forward to in week number four
12: well, yeah, I'm looking forward to the rematch in Saskatchewan. It's mm. the game I'm doing, and I'm looking forward to getting back to Mosaic and Montreal back in town and see Saskatchewan, you know, fight back, fight out of the corner, They that they that and do it without a whole bunch of penalties. That's what I really want to see. And by the way, guys, I'll just leave it as a statement, and then we can debate it later. You, and, and you don't have to be mad at each other to debate and have a different point of view. Of course view. not. Uh, of them. course not. And But, but Nathan Rourke is the best quarterback in the league after three weeks by far it's not close gentlemen come on seven touchdowns not one interception not close so there there's my Opening salvo over the over the bow, and then we'll we'll discuss later.
1: Well, Suits, I still love you, even though you even though even though you acted like we were piercing uh, yeah, airport hey, you employees. Know, you, you know, suits, hey, <laughs> hey,
10: you know, Suits, I'm pretty sure if I threw on some equipment, I could go and throw a touchdown pass against one of these minor football under eight teams, uh, flag <laughs> football teams against <laughs> that, are, that are practicing in my
1: backyard. That's funny. <laughs> hey, uh, Glenn, thanks for your time, man. We'll talk to you later in the week. Okay. Okay, thanks, guys. Thanks, man. That's Glenn Souter, and a nice, arousing edition of press coverage. Thanks to Luke mauder <coughs> for joining us. We'll be back with more of the sports cage after 6 o'clock on 620 CKRM. I love the smell of my pump in the morning. This is where the fun begins. 620
0: CKRM is proud to be your official voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports show anywhere. It's a new era for sports talk in Saskatchewan. Welcome to the Sports Cage with your host, Michael
1: Ball. I love doing this show. I hate not being outside. I used to do the morning show and then kind of walk around and do stuff. But, hey, you can't have your cake and eat it, too. Oh, wait, I can. Tomorrow, this show is live outdoors at Curry Field. As the the Red Sox, who are in action tonight in Weyburn, will have the first of three in a row. And the weather looks good. At least uh, let's cross our fingers it looks good because uh, those guys have been away from us for two years and we need the weather to hold up so we can watch some great summertime collegiate-like baseball. All right. uh, This show is brought to you by our friends at Saskatchewan Lotteries, the main fundraiser for over 12,000 sport, culture, and recreation groups. And whenever we uh, talk to this guy, we call it Coast to Coast with our buddy Arash Madani. And it's brought to you by our friends over there at Smart Investing Solutions. Be smart with your money. Call Brian Golly at Smart Investing Solutions, 546-2533. Arash Madani, how are you today, my friend?
13: I'm doing well. I want to wish the Red Sox a very happy opening day.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They're...
13: Well, see, i got to tell you, of all the sports, mm-hmm. I would say the opening day, the mm-hmm. sport that does it best is baseball with its pageantry and tradition. Um, that's one thing. It, it almost feels like, uh, you know, hope springs eternal. Yeah. With opening day.
1: You know, you know, uh the other tradition speaking of traditions, we're doing a sidetrack here, but I never mentioned it yesterday. Uh the the Avalanche guy trips on the cup and dents it as they get into their yes. th- their Wayne Gretzky photo. But what a great tradition that has carried on since 1988 when Gretzky either knew or it was just coincidence that he decided to pull everybody into the picture around the Stanley Cup and it's carried on since 1988.
13: I just get shivers thinking about it, Bolzie, because what I love about that photo is that it's everybody in the organization who plays a part. It's the equipment staff. It's the training staff. It's the coaching staff. It's the players. It's everybody who grinds along mm-hmm. every day. And as fans and people who kind of follow sports, we get so caught up in, you know, the players on the field are on the ice, and rightfully so. They are the product. But there are so many people behind it who sacrifice so much. And in that moment of absolute unbridled joy, when you reach the pinnacle of your profession, you realize how many people are part of it and that you've done it together. And there is nothing better than winning. There really isn't. And and when you win a championship, all those people in that photo, they now have a bond for life. And they may not see each other for ten, fifteen, twenty years. They may cross paths in an airport somewhere. They may they may run into each other. They may plan a reunion. When you win a championship, there's almost like this blood kinship that that, that occurs, and that's one of the coolest things about winning together. And that's where that photo is, you know exemplifies.
1: This guy is a very popular figure on this show. It's Rash Madani from Sportsnet, Is Coast to Coast segment brought to you by Smart Investing Solutions. I want to give a shout out first here, just a little sidetrack. CHL Rookie of the Year award going to Braden Yeager, the Moose Jaw Warriors. Uh, it's given annually to the top rookie and Jaeger of the Warriors finished fourth in team scoring 59 points, 34 goals, 25 assists coming in 63 appearances slated uh, for selection in the 2023 NHL draft. So we have a great player here and Connor. Ben just up the highway Braden Yeager congratulations to him we're hoping to line him up tomorrow on the sports cage so I'm watching here in my control room what the hell's going on the Blue Jays lose 10-3 to Milwaukee 2-3 maybe it was the Arash Madani curse on the road I don't Mm -hmm. know but then the Blue Jays come back and take on one of the hottest teams in baseball Boston club them yesterday 7-2 and they're up in the bottom of the third here 4-1 what's going on here
13: what is going on here? I mean, they've gone two straight weeks without winning a series ball. Team. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you're wondering to yourself, okay, the pitching is obviously not up to par. The bats have gone quiet. Boston won seven straight coming in. And then it's baseball being baseball. And, you know, this is an organization that preaches pitching and defense. But I tell you what, and, and I don't know how long this is going to continue, but there are sometimes – um what's the old adage? Luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Right. Look at Ross Stripling right now. Ross Stripling was a was a was a pitcher on a staff. He was just another guy in LA and he comes into Toronto and he was just gonna be a long guy, and then he was a starter, and then he was back to the bullpen. There was two innings, three innings. Then Hunjin Ryu gets hurt. And Stripling had remained stretched out and they changed his workouts altogether to go from a bullpen guy to a starter. And he has taken the opportunity and has fully run with it, and he's doing it again tonight. Like his pitch count balls, he continues to go up start after start, mm-hmm. outing after outing, got to eighty seven pitches in his last one, won the game in Chicago for them. And I'm I'm looking at this Blue Jay team right now and I'm saying, Okay, well Manoa's their ace. And Gosman's too. I think Ross Stripling is number three ahead of Jose Barrios, who just saw you know was their opening day starter. Hmm.
1: Hey, Sergio Romo coming in. What, okay, wait, <laughs> wait a minute. I just got. I just want to check the calendar here, Rash. It's it does say twenty twenty two, or is you this, sure? Or does it say twenty twelve?
13: Twenty twelve feels like his era these days, Posie. <laughs> 39 years old, off the scrap heap, Seattle just cut him loose after an ERA North abate. I don't get it. I don't understand it. They're, you Think about what the Blue Jays were coming into this season. The talk was effectively, not quite, but effectively, World Series or bust. Yep. The, the definite narrative and conversation around them was, we have to be better than 91 wins. We have to be a playoff team. And you have now lost Hunjin Ryu. You're your other big signing in the pitching staff outside of Gosman was Yusei Kikuchi, who can't throw a strike. Right. And what you've asked your bullpen to do is completely unsustainable. You know, both Barrios and Kikuchi over the weekend in Milwaukee couldn't get out of the third inning. And your solution to that is Sergio Romo? <laughs> Like, was Tony Romo not I was going to say, I almost like, want Tony you know, Romo, yeah. Tony's making good money sitting next to Nance, I guess.
1: Yeah, that's crazy, man. Here's another one. Vladdy Guerrero Jr., not in the Home Run Derby. What do you make of that? I I, I am
13: suggesting, Ballsy, I don't want to get too ahead of myself here, that young Vladimir Guerrero is starting to understand the forest beyond the trees. Mm. That Vlad has won the Home Run Derby before, has... Gotten banged up in the home run derby before, and is understanding that me going through that and being the center of attention and getting some endorsements and then getting a whole pile of Instagram followers, that's not worth me. Having a wrist issue coming out of it.
1: Okay, let me stop it's you. It. Let, let me stop you, though. Sure. Arash Madani is not that bad for baseball. If I'm Rob Manfred, I'm like, I want my stars being in this thing. I, you know what I mean? We want to promote the game. We have an. A- you're the dude that told me a couple months ago the average fan is uh, 57 years of age. We want to bring that down, don't we?
13: So here's here's my thought on this, and I and I w- and I understand where you're coming from, Bolsey, but hear me out. I believe that your obligation as a star is to do it at least once Mm -hmm. and then you're off the hook kind of like the NBA with the slam dunk contest the young phenoms the young bucks they come in they make their splash but you don't see a lot of veteran dudes in the slam dunk contest anymore either I think the home run derby should turn into the young megastars who you don't quite know make that their showcase event and then move on.
1: All right. So Arash, uh, we got a few more minutes with you and I want to get in some CFL talk because you're uh, tied into that league too. Uh, listen, yep. I'm a rough rider guy. I've always loved the rough riders. I'm fortunate now to be the voice of the team and live out a childhood dream, but I always cheered BC Lions were my second favorite team. And then I always cheered for the team, sadly closest to folding. Cause I didn't want my league to fold. I want my league to grow. Now, The BC Lions outdrew everybody on TV with Nathan Rourke. That's a big deal. That's a huge deal. It's a huge deal
13: for a few reasons. Number one is let's just talk about the business side of it. Um, They had the highest rating number with a home game in the Pacific time zone, which is always the biggest challenge to draw eyeballs. So in, in the... In the time slot where it's hardest to get the biggest number, the Lions did. That is a telling, telling deal. Bolsi, what is this league doing? What, what is Nathan Rourke showing all of us? When was the last time there has been a player who has dominated the national conversation in such a positive way, the way Nathan Rourke has? Hmm. he's he's carried the leagues through the first couple of weeks of the season and the television numbers in a brutal time zone have been refl- a reflection of that and so what 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 the genius sports group is saying let's reduce the number of
1: canadians yeah that's that's the thing the, the bitter irony and glenn Souter talked about this <laughs>
13: the, it's the- not bitter irony it's not it's brutal business management it's not understanding what your customers and your consumers want. Yeah. That's what this is. Canadians want to see their own succeed and thrive and grow. And so this is further evidence of this. No, absolutely.
1: So ev- absolutely.
13: Everything they've done, let's 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 understand just how just how off base and lost they have been with that
1: well let's see if they can pick and i'm skeptical but let's hope they can pick up on it and start marketing this kid because he definitely as you said proofs in the pudding we're short on time but i listen the 0-3 Elks at the 0-3 Tiger Cats. I expected the Elks to be 0-3. I didn't expect the Tiger Cats to be 0-3. It's the same thing with Chris Jones. Rolodex of players. I mean, I think only Ed Ganey and Mac Henry have, uh, are, are the remaining guys on defense. They've changed everybody else out.
13: Well, this is what happens when you inherit a horrible roster, which Jones did. This is what happens when you get some job security, which Jones has. He's using the first half of the season as basically an extended training camp and an extended preseason. He is going to use, he has used, and he's going to use the next few weeks as basically a full evaluation period in a total tear down of that roster and basically rid the weeds of what Brock Sunderland left behind when he completely decimated that organization. And now Jones is going to build it back up. Look what he look. When he took over the Riders, what did he do? Yep. He completely rehauled the roster. He's doing the same thing in Edmonton. Sask was within an eyelash of reaching the Grey Cup with Jones. Edmonton's not getting there this year. But they may get there next or the year after.
1: Yeah, I'd say year three. It's generally uh, crappy, but you don't want to play them at the end of the year. Next year, they take a big step. In the third year, they're in contention. Hey man, we'll talk to you on Thursday. Enjoy the rest of your night, okay?
13: You Thanks,
1: Tom. That's our coast-to-coast segment with Arash Madani from Sp- uh, Sportsnet. When we come back, we're going to talk with Aaron Anderson. He is the uh, head of the Regina High School Athletics Association and talk about the year that was to wrap up the show. This is the Sports Cage for Saskatchewan Lotteries on 620 CKRM.
0: We're talking sports on your way home. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio
1: 620 CKRM. I want to thank you for listening. Tell all your friends we're growing here. It's the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. I want to thank our producer, Abby White, who's also our program director and leader here at the station. He stepped in as Sean Kleisinger is having a couple of days off. Sean will be back tomorrow in the big chair, and I'll be out on a chair on a stool gladly outside uh, the concession booth at uh, Curry Field with my right-hand man, Blaine Wyland, And we'll have some guests on site. We'll talk to uh, Farhan Lalji and lots going on. Continue our rider talk live from Curry Field as the Regina Red Sox, who are in action tonight. in Weyburn will start uh, the first of three in a row on home turf tomorrow night and the cage will be live out there okay to wrap up the show we always like to talk local here we are tied into local sports and uh, you can't get any more local than the regina high school athletics scene we're talking to the director of high school athletics aaron anderson how are you today aaron
5: yeah good michael thanks for having me on
1: yeah thanks for being on i i bet it's pretty it's like uh taking candy from a baby now when you're getting into a regular routine as opposed to the last two crappy years where you had to uh like how many different schedules did you make?
5: Oh, absolutely so different this year than any other. You know, if I just take you through quickly through our uh, our fall winter and spring season, and I'll make this quick, but you know, you think about all the uncertainty that we had to face in the fall and we were able to probably after date of the football schedule get our our uh, regional Collegiate football league in uh, volleyball was no different uh, you know obviously some postponements and, and makeups and so on uh, and then you know you get into the winter and then omicron hits and that just threw basketball curling and wrestling uh, into a major wrench but uh, we managed to uh, persevere and get through it and in the spring season hey nice to be outside badminton was great and then track and golf were fantastic so uh, overall a, a tremendous season uh, got to thank the parents, got to thank the kids, the school administrations, athletic directors, a lot of moving parts uh, behind the high school scene, and uh, they did a fantastic job navigating.
1: Yeah, so first of all, uh, talk about the, the coaches, and just, you know, a lot of them are teachers, some of them are actually, what I find cool, because I did it for a while, as it relates to football, but it's other sports too, guys that that came up through the high school ranks and then come back and help give of their time just talk about those kids uh those young men and women and then uh, you mesh those with the teachers who don't get paid to be coaches let's be honest here
5: no that's right they're, they're not paid it's all volunteer uh our our uh coaches in terms of school staff would probably be about 40 to 50 percent so you're talking you know half the, the coaches being out of school uh, how many hours do they give away hmm. from work away from their families? Uh, and it's like you mentioned, I mean, it's given back to something that they grew up on. It was uh important to them in their lives. And, and now they're showing that passion in return and we can't thank them enough.
1: You know, and it's cool because if you have a really good high school coach that sticks with you the rest of your life, I had a guy, Daryl Puskus was the coach for me at McGuigan high school. And then O'Neill, he was a guy, you know, hard around the edges, bit goofy at times, but he, he turned out to be a friend of mine, but you know, uh, he really left an impression on me. I think that's the cool... I, for me, when the ki- when the, when I see kids 10, 15 years later and they still call me coach, that uh, puts a smile on my face. Keeps me young.
5: Well, it does. And, you know, like, there's one thing about the X's and O's, but it's the relationships that you build. It's, uh, uh, you know, some of the teachers, obviously, they work with these kids on a daily basis. The outside coaches come in. Uh, kids are appreciative. And, you know, they really... Uh, we wouldn't be with, uh, anywhere without them. Without you know, we don't have coaches, we don't have leagues. So, um, yeah, it's that uh, give back, and you do uh, you know they grow on you and and become your friends uh, later on in life for
1: sure. Yeah, for sure. Okay, this is Aaron Anderson, director of the Regina High School Athletics Association. Um, any any thought to there's football, and I love football. I'm a big proponent of football, like tackle football. Okay. But there's something growing in our town called flag football, and it's actually on the national scene now, and could be an Olympic sport. It, in terms of inexpensive, it's it's a lot cheaper than tackle football. Is there any thought on having a flag football at the high school level?
5: Well, there's some sports that are, uh, you know, sprinkling in. If you think flag football, handball, uh, they're, they're popular. They're less expensive. We have a lot of kids in our schools playing them. We don't sanction them. Uh, certainly the saskatchewan high school athletics association they're aware these these are growing provincially uh just not in regina or saskatoon but uh, in rural saskatchewan as well so you never know down the road i don't think it's imminent but uh certainly you never say never
1: all right so lastly any coach or any uh, athlete you want to recognize here aaron before i let you go
5: well it's hard not to recognize uh you know jock mcdall from o'neill made the uh Bio steel uh Uh, all-star game in toronto uh, Mm -hmm. back in the spring so you know that's certainly a highlight and uh, you know we have many of our football players that will be moving on to uh, junior and uh, youth sport Uh, you know in volleyball scholarships we had track scholarships Uh, how about john podelski from campbell who broke a provincial record in uh, uh, on the track and won i think four gold medals Uh, uh, you know just like individual performances like that but um, the, the nice thing about this is I get to see it all, and uh, you just you, you have to marvel at how good these kids really are. They put in a lot of time and effort, and you know the pandemic. I uh, had a lot of kids thank me this year and just say, "Hey, I'm really glad I was able to participate." So our numbers were up like 20 percent from uh, pre-pandemic. Uh, it's really showing uh, that kids want to get back into sport.
1: Thanks for all you do, too, man. You you don't get enough praise. I appreciate it, and we'll be uh, talking to you soon. Okay. Thanks for your time, and have yeah. a great have a great summer, bud.
5: I just want to give you a major show for all the local sports you're doing. too, balls, the amazing job on CKRM and the Sports Cage Rider Talk. You're covering Riders, Thunder Ramps. Uh, fantastic job. Keep it up.
1: Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Thank you very much. Okay. Thanks, for having me. Thanks man. Take care. We got to switch gears here, Abby, because I absolutely forgot. Can somebody sneak in under the wire? 936 right now. Or you can call locally, one Pick the score. You call in right now, you pick the score. You uh, will have two tickets automatically to the Riders next game, which I believe is July the 9th against the Ottawa Red Blacks. Uh, the one closest to the score will uh, get a hundred-dollar gift card from Sastel, and then uh, if you uh, get that far, you're in the running for a sweet experience in 2023 at Mosaic Stadium for a Rider game. So 936-6262 or toll-free 1-866-767-0620. We want to do this before we're off the air. Do we get somebody there, Abby? We do. Okay, so let's go to the phones. Who am I speaking with? Hello. Hello. Hello, who's this? This is Ryan. Okay, Ryan, what do you are we're, we're under the wire here, so who do you got in the game? What's the score going to be?
6: Uh 24-21 Riders.
1: 24 uh, a late field goal or we hold on?
6: I think we're going to hold on.
1: All right, man, awesome. So you're not too concerned about that last game. You think the Riders will clear things up? It was more a short week type of thing.
6: Yeah, I think so. They looked uh, the whole team looked tired.
1: Yeah, I agree, man. I was on that plane and they did look tired and banged up. Anyway, Ryan, hang on the phone there. We're gonna get your information. Uh twenty-four-twenty-one, he's got the Riders beating Montreal. He's now on the running for a hundred dollar gift card to Sastel and a sweet experience in twenty twenty-three at Sastel. Pick the score. This has been a fun show. We got another one coming to you tomorrow, live from Curry Field and Regina Red Sox baseball. For my producer and program director, Abby White, thank you to all the listeners for uh, tuning in. Uh, this has been the Sports Cage for Saskatchewan Lotteries on 620 CKRM. The Sports Cage podcast is brought to you by Saskatchewan Seniors Mechanism, working to make affordable home supports for seniors a reality. SKSeniorsMechanism.ca